This is not a personal vendetta, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Million Show. My name is James, joined once again by my co-host Henry and special guest for the Bond series, Tom. And uh, today we are talking about Goldfinger, the third installment in the Bond franchise. Um, very, very excited for this episode. This is widely regarded as the best Bond film of all time. And um, I think really set up, it really defined where this franchise would go um, from, from then on. Uh, obviously released in 1964, directed once again by Terence Young, starring Sean Connery. And I usually would ask you two first about um, your relationship with the film, because, you know, I'm, I'm a, a generous uh, host like that. But actually, today I'm going to go first and say this is actually the first Bond film I ever saw. This is the first Bond film I saw when I was age seven. And it's one of my earliest childhood memories. I, I do actually clearly remember watching this as a kid I was sat on I think I was sat on a pillow on the floor sort of thing in front of the the old VHS TV we used to have and I was um it was an unforgettable experience in fact it might be the first film I remember like consciously watching at the age of seven so yeah it's a special one for me mm. yeah for me honestly I I think I the one child of memory out of this was like I was too afraid to watch like the laser scene or something Really? <laughs> um yeah i was like you know, yeah i didn't understand movie tropes by the age of you know three or whatever um and uh when i came back to it i mean obviously i you know i really enjoyed this film you know throughout every time i basically saw it um but for me when i came back to it i was like i kind of went in thinking like you know for a while i'd held the idea that this is like kind of a bit overrated kind of a bit like you know a bit like the dark knight of james bond almost like but <laughs> And then when rewatching it, first of all, it doesn't. This does not waste any time at all, really. Um, and it's like it is really as good as you know its reputation. You know, would have you believe? Like I could genuinely watch this like however many times, like like you know seven days a week, and still be good. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very straightforward film. I think for me, this is a film where if I'm talking to someone that has never watched a Bond film um, other than Daniel Craig films, and they're like, oh, which one should I watch then? This is the one I always point them to. Like a pre-Daniel Craig film, if you've got one chance for someone to see one Bond film before Daniel Craig films, I, I would always say this one. I don't know about you two, but uh, mm. that's how strong this film is for me in terms of its, obviously, its impact, not just on the Bond franchise, but I think on in films in general. This is one of the most important and significant films ever made I, and i don't think that's an understatement mm. yeah i agree with you on that one what's your relationship with the with goldfinger tom going well actually it's funny you mentioned this is what you would recommend uh to someone who'd only seen daniel craig films before um i actually had the opportunity to uh choose who one of my friends thought uh, bomb films was and that indeed was uh, from Russia with love that I showed them um, but uh, the second one we watched was indeed Goldfinger and uh, his friend actually it became his favorite bomb film we haven't seen uh, we haven't seen it uh, we haven't seen all of them but um, uh, we have seen a lot of them actually and this Mike, one never seen supreme huh. yeah and what, what about your relationship <laughs> yeah, that's... with this film Tom you know I mean was it something I mean, for me, Goldfinger was a film I, I fell in love with straight away, and I've I've always enjoyed. I've I, like every minute of it is 
is great for me. Um, and um, I don't know if it's the same for both of you, but for me, this is just something I can always go back to. It's a reliable film. It's like Skyfall before Skyfall. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> for, for this film, um, I actually went into it a bit like Henry. I went into it a bit skeptical. And I was like, you know, this film's going to have to prove its worth and its reputation to me. Um, I do remember the first time I, uh, at least, yeah, first time I watched it, I remember bits of it that, one thing, yeah, bits of it that were really gripping. And like, I think this, I got, I remember even watching it today. I was like, wow. And I got really, it was really suspenseful towards mm. the end. And I don't think we really got that as much in the other two so far. Um, and yeah, I think in large part it is my relationship with it. It's good. It's like a, something you can watch any time of the day sort of thing and yeah. uh, enjoy it really. I agree. I mean, obviously, what's interesting for me is this is Sean Connery did six Bond films, right? Uh, seven, if you include Never Say Never Again. Uh, <laughs> eight, eight, if you include, include The Rock. The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and this is the f I mean, within canon, right? This is the first. This is the only um, Bond film which Sean Connery's in where he doesn't face Spectre. That's always interesting to me. Um, and I think what this film's strengths are in that I think it's just it's, it's it has all the classic tropes of Bond. It sets a few up, but it also like obviously part of this show on the millionth podcast is to rank all of the elements or a lot of elements within the films and rank, stack them against each other. And with Goldfinger, at the end of the episode, we're going to do that and. I would be, I, I believe that not only will this finish first in a lot of categories, I would not be surprised if Goldfinger tops some of these categories all the way until we finish this series with No Time to Die. Mm. There are some real, real iconic elements within this film, within the Bond franchise, and overall as a film as well, I believe this, this, this will end up in our top three. I'm sure of it. Um, and I think you would you would do well to find a Bond fan that doesn't have Goldfinger in their top three Bond films. It's it's one of them which just is it's a universally loved film. I think I, I don't think I've ever met someone that has had a bad word to say about Goldfinger. Yeah. As well, I think it's do worth that. mentioning uh, this is the first Bond film that won an Oscar. Don't know if either of you yeah, knew yeah. That. yeah. Oscar yeah. winner for best sound effects, I believe. Yeah. So um, that's yeah, they really yeah they really hate crediting Bond with any Oscars, don't they? Yeah, I know, man. Well, this is the first one to win one and get that sort of big recognition, so that's cool. Mm. So we open up with our classic gun barrel scene, and uh, the pre-credit sequence is amazing in this film. This is one of yeah. my favourites, man. This is one which I go back to, largely because of the music. Yeah, I, I was like, going to say. The, the music in this film, they John Barry blew it out of the park, man. This is like, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Um, and the opening uh, is, is no exception because obviously, you know, you have this like suspenseful kind of remix of the Bond theme. Um, we see Bond himself. He's like got he's he's swimming and he's got the painted yeah. wooden duck on his <laughs> on his helmet as like uh, his mask, you know, like his disguise. Um, he goes in, he's like infiltrating some kind of like warehouse, whatever. He very cool looking sort of sci fi kind of area by the way um plants a bomb in there some plastic explosives we get like one of the all-time classic bond moments where he 
and there's a lot of them in this film <laughs> but we get this one where he takes off his wetsuit and he's got his white dinner jacket underneath bow tie adds the red flower you know it's just a, a classic look there defined by sean connery of course mm. um and then yeah he walks into a club uh, after planting this bomb he's got his rolex out i believe this is when rolex is introduced into bond he's got we get several close-ups in the film of course mm. checks checks the time on his on his watch bomb goes off um and that's, there's obviously like, uh, a, a belly dancer straight from uh, from Russia with love there as well. So uh, just just as an opening, and and obviously as well, we get into uh, he gets into he, he obviously starts you know making out with this belly dancer, um, you know as as he's making out with her, sees the guy come up behind him, sees the reflection in her eyeball, and uh, you know they have a bit of a quick fight, yeah, which uh, results in the guy shield. yeah being launched into the bathtub. And then getting electrocuted when he uh, flips toaster into there. So yeah, there's a toaster, this is our pre-credit yeah. sequence. So what do we, I've 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 spelt it all out there. So uh, what what are our thoughts on this? You, you forgot uh, to mention the uh, the classic, you know, his uh, you know one-off quip where he says shocking, positively shocking, positively shocking. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. I I, there's, I, there's there's so much just in these first two three minutes. In this mm. film, it's it's like so, just gripping straight away. Just like wow, you know, like this is yeah. this is some this is something, something's happening here, you know. Yeah, it's like they always only use um, the intros eyes to just show James Bond on an either an unrelated or related mission to the actual plot of the film, like you know, to just to set him up for anyone who hasn't seen him before, yeah. or to introduce a villain like they did with the Red Grant. And this Although, is like. I mean, yeah, this is this is an occasion where it has nothing to do with the rest of the plot. It's just mm. that uh, technique which was established by Shakespeare, where you know, you just you, they just you hook, you hooked in by the first few minutes, and then they can let let it, the next twenty minutes not be so filled with action, you know, because you're they, they like reels you in. And this is one which has nothing to do with the plot, but it's just so iconic. For so many reasons, I think particularly the the wet the the suit, you know, when he takes off his, he's got that. I mean, that's just that's classic yeah. Bond, isn't it? Yeah, I think my favorite part was that had to be the music, though. The music is amazing. This in throughout the whole film, this particular one is just so good, man. You got anything to say about it, Tom? It's like a real cig. It's like a really good moment when he like lights a cigarette and it just blow. That's the instant yeah. it blows up. It's completely, it's perfectly timed. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I think it's worth noting as a bit of trivia here. I mean, this guy certainly deserves a shout out for his, for the troubles he went to, to do that stunt when Bond, um, you know, throws the toaster into the bath. Into it's, the bath it's a lamp, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, lamp. Sorry. Yeah. You, you're thinking, you're thinking of it too much of, you know, stuff you see online. Yeah, maybe. Well, anyway, this guy, uh, yeah, the guy gets electrocuted in the bath, basically. And um, that actually happened for real. There was like a bit of um, a, um, a mistake that happened on an accident on the set. And the actual stuntman got like n nearly got killed. He got like, I think, third degree burns from Oof. that. So that actually happened. That's like a real like the guy's in real pain there. So, you know, I think that's definitely yeah. worth mentioning. And, you know, respect is uh, for his efforts there and uh, certainly not forgotten. That's yeah, I mean, I also nothing. 
Yeah, that reminds me as well. You know, there are dangerous things that happen on set. I forgot if I mentioned previously, but in the previous film, in From Russia with Love, the the uh, did I mention that the pilot of that helicopter almost took Sean Connery's head? Yeah, nearly killed Sean Connery. Yeah, 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 literally. Not the first time. Not not the first or the last time they nearly killed him by accident. Definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, shout out to that stuntman. You know, that's uh, you know putting your body on the line for sure. Hmm. Um, Obviously, we'll rank this uh, pre-credits sequence at the end, but I do think this is one of the, one of the greats. Although there are a lot, a lot of great. I mean, I can't really think of a bad opening. Actually, I'm I'm sure we'll come to them, but uh, usually mm. the openings are the real strengths of the Bond series. I find, mm. um, and that continues with the theme song itself, Goldfinger, performed by Shirley Bassey. Yeah, I mean, what can we say about that? I mean, I listen to it even when I'm like working and stuff sometimes. Really? It's really iconic. Yeah. It's one of, it is one of like the best, most memorable golf, uh, Bond themes songs, I think, which it's not hard to claim. Mm. Yeah. As well, I want to say, visually speaking, at least with the uh, credits themselves, I mean, a lot of like you know the Bond uh, credits are like a bit generic. You know, you just got like oh yeah, you got you got your women on them. But at least this one is like I like it's all like gold themed. At least like you know, uh, uh, you know, reminds me of what happens later on in the film where there's literally someone who gets painted with gold. Um, but like you know, you you get like uh, I think the first the first thing you see is like you know the hand and then Gert Frobe on it um, mm-hmm. as well. It's just like like footage of different things happening throughout the film. Um, including randomly like Sean Connery just walking into an office or something like, yeah. And I think there was like there was like some some uh, like one of the cars crashing or something like that. There was something from Russia with Love as well, like when the helicopter's chasing him down. Yeah. So mm. I quite like that. That kind of gave me chills one time when I was watching. I was like, wow, like that happened. Mm. Yeah, and obviously Shirley Bassey came, did so well. This this song performed so well. She came back for two more, right? Yeah, so, and and know. another unofficial one for uh, Quantum Solace. Yeah. What? Yeah, you I'll have to tell that. you. I'll have to tell you about that later. You yeah, know, definitely. Like, no, I didn't know. Henry, man, you, well, you, you found me Spectre by Radiohead, man. That's and that's one of my favorite songs now. So I I I, I don't know how I how I've never like gone and found all these like unofficial Bond songs, but that's amazing. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the theme song, and what I like about this theme song is how they, I mean, they do this in most films, right? But I think what I like about this one is how they use, use different, um, renditions of it throughout the movie as well. I mean, mm. there's even a part where it's like, there's like a remix of the Goldfinger theme, and then it like transitions into the Bond theme as well. Mm. It's so cool. I love it when they yeah, do it. It's... They perfect it in this one. Yeah. John Barry working as magic in this, honestly. Absolutely. This film was actually... uh, This song, actually, you might not know. This song was, well, so popular and iconic that um, License to Kill's one, like, kind of remixed it a little bit. Like, the first bars of it, um, it's like... Just like... um, Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, you're right. And it's slightly... I really like that. Well... What can I say? Another reason to like License to Kill. <laughs> um, so yeah, we get to uh, we get a really nice, very exotic-looking opening shot over Miami, mm. which is certainly a lot more tropical than uh, mm. you know it is Istanbul. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, it is fun, it's funny going 
It's funny, like, watching this film, and it's like, yeah, when the USA was, like, considered, like, a, you know, tropical tourist destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really it really captures an era there, doesn't it? I mean, this yeah. is really, like... I mean, we've been in Jamaica so far, and Istanbul, and, and more, like, you know, less advanced parts of the world, right? But this is, like, the swinging 60s in Miami, man. You know, mm. this is, like, very... Um, it's it really like I say it's just it defines an era, man. You know, and th this this is what we love about Bond films. They just capture the times they're in, the fashion, the women, the the vibes, the you know, the yeah, everything. The level of back projection. Yep. What I really love, what I really love about this scene, though, and it's this film actually, and it's done again later, is this kind of montage that plays. So the camera is just panning around like this really glam location and it's just playing like this 60s thing whatever and then they do it later when uh bond's tailing goldfinger in switzerland um and i think that really helps for like the immersion mm. of the film like mm. and um yeah i noticed that i think it's really good upon they this view I was, really, really. I was really taken aback by the actual scenery in this film you know and some of the mm. cinematography the locations i mean obviously they were present in Doctor No and From Rush With Up, but in this one, you they really like Made I really the took them in. I was really experiencing them. Like it, it was really uh they really did such an amazing job in capturing all those things, you know. And and obviously there's some more colourful locations in this film, you know, generally speaking. Uh I wanted to add as well, to be fair, because we're gonna be approaching these scenes now. Thinking back to what I said earlier about recommending this film to people that aren't familiar with like older Bond is there are what did like well what is a bit uncomfortable is some of the some of the parts that really haven't aged well at yeah, all. Yeah, basically just bond with women. Bond being like sure extremely sexist and it's just and that's that's a part that's an element which is like, you know, just just really show that that's just hasn't aged well at all. I mean there's there's actually quite a few incidents in this film of that happening. Um it's not a great look. Yeah, and, uh, I think at least at least you know Roger Moore came in and sorted it out later on with his, you know gentlemanliness. Yeah, right. I think with like, I think the the thing with this film, I mean the way I kind of um, interpreted it is like um, they must. It's just a, it seems like a testament to just how like. I know popular and universal James Bond's image must have gone by that point. There was they were so comfortable with filming like really kind of outrageous stuff nowadays, and um, and they just they just got away with it because of I suppose Bond mania or whatever was back then in the sixties. Well, this is the film that really sparked Bond mania. To be fair, so like because mm -hmm. yeah. Dr. No from Russia, especially from Russia Love as well, they were pretty successful. But like when it comes to box office figures. This was like, like, like crazy. I mean, you'll—I'll have to ask you about that later. But this is part of license to quiz, right? Yeah, Good. but that will come I'll later. To this. I, 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 by the way, Tom, you better be afraid, man. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win license to quiz today, man. This is my time, man. I'm gonna like. Uh, I'm so ready. I was like, I'm trying to. I was watching this film. I'm, I'm, I'm so burnt by the last two episodes. Now I'm like, I'm like paying attention to everything, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to predict what Henry's gonna ask, and like, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready, mate. Just so you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought you might be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say something else about the. The location. Oh yeah, Henry. 
this is a funny one as well because obviously this is released in 64 right mm-hmm. and obviously the uh, the other the other film we this is the other film we reviewed that wasn't bond that was in 60s was batman 66 i just find mm-hmm. it i mean i don't i don't I can't verify how true this is because obviously none of us were born in the, alive in the 60s, far from it. But, you know, there's like the three Bs that define the 60s. Um, mm-hmm. Bond, the Beatles and Batman, you know, like that's what they say. So we've covered two of those bases and uh, I don't know if we'll ever do the Beatles. But... Yeah, yeah, do a music <laughs> review. Bond, yeah. Bond covers the uh, Beatles when he He does, them. yeah. He does actually. <laughs> They're even name dropped in this film, which is great. Um so anyway, we're in we're in Miami. We get to meet our new Felix Leiter, who um, I think it's fair to say he's an upgrade on the, on the the first uh, one. Yeah, he, he knows he knows you know what like you know clothes to wear at least you know. Well, yeah, his, his fashion is funny glasses slightly better. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this because obviously we're going to rank the Felix Leiters. This one is played by uh, a chap called Sek Linda or Kek Linda. Oh, it's probably Sec for Cecil, so Cecil, Cecil Linda. Yeah, call me Cease. Call yeah, me Cease. well, yeah. you know, he has ceased to play a role after this film. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know, really. He, I liked, I liked his goal. I liked his Felix Leiter. Though. I think he just, I liked him. I don't know. When I think of Felix Leiter, I, you know, you, you know, I think of Dan, the one from Daniel Craig's, like, yeah, era, you know, but um. Because like they very rarely are like reoccurring characters, except maybe mm-hmm. I think it's Shane Rimmer's one. I think he appears twice. Mm-hmm. I think maybe, but other than that, it's like they they maybe they're just expecting to get a different guy every time or something, or maybe they just can like you know pin them down for another one. It's but. it's crazy how many how how much they struggle to like hold down a, an actor for two consecutive. Yeah, well, films. you know, you know Jeffrey Wright, you know he he did them right with like. Yeah, man, Jeffrey Wright, he's he set the record straight, man. We we love Jeffrey Wright here at the Moon Show, you know, our, our very own Jim Gordon as well. <laughs> but um, I I I like this Felix Light. We're obviously going to rank them at the end, and uh, I think this one's one of the better Felix Lights for sure. I mean, he actually. He's part of the film, you know. He's not like just a side piece to appease Americans, you know. He actually plays a fairly important role in this film. <laughs> I think, like he, well, we'll get into that later. I think he's part of some pretty funny moments for me. Yeah, yeah, mm. I think he is. I think he is, man. But we will get to them. Um, this first moment where he's in is just probably the epitome of uh, of uh, where um, you know society was 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 at back then where you know bond there he's getting a mass he finds bond getting a massage from uh from dink you know and uh and then you know they're, they're gonna have a business business talk whatever felix likes yeah, there. oh yeah talk. hi meet meet dink dink meet felix say goodbye dink and then oh man talk slaps her on the ass and sends her on away so you know yeah also with that with that great you know adr you know sound effect like yeah oh yeah because we really need that you know yeah yeah it's like it got the uh i don't know how it got the uh, you know oscar for sound design but i mean sounds like (laughs) this is good but just like they just forgot about that yeah i bet sean connery was enjoying those takes next to the microphone you know schlop a woman like that yeah so you know not very good not really uh not didn't age well at all there so um you know we've definitely moved on from those times but it's the 60s man what can yeah. you say well it's a nice uh you get a nice and early introduction of a villain again yeah they didn't wake his weight um so he's like yeah so uh, where can i find this gold chap and he's like right over there 
and uh, and then we get a nice close up of him. I noticed, by the way, like this is the unfortunate thing that when I, when I'm watching these films that we review, I'm watching them for the sh- for the show with a very critical eye, and I'm noticing yeah. things that I wouldn't normally. Are you, I think I know. Are you gonna Are you gonna say that his like outfits are terrible? No, I love his outfits. Actually, I actually love them. What I was going to comment upon is that the, the first close-up we get of Goldfinger, he's, like, standing in front of a painting, basically, behind him. Because, like, there are people there that just... It's literally a painting. It's, like, yeah, they, it's... they didn't film that particular close-up on set, which just was, like, quite funny. That but, yeah, there you go. 60s filming man. techniques. I think, um, like, I want to say here, um, I think the film, in, like, in general, takes a much, like, lighter tone than the first two. There was, like... Um, it felt like they kind of knew that this was not going to, this is going to be more of a serial thing and not just like a couple of films and then that's it. So like, I think they kind of toned down the seriousness a bit yeah. of this film, like just a little bit, because mm-hmm. in the first two, I feel like James Bond was in general, like a lot more in danger uh, more often, but um, we'll get to that later. There's yeah. moments that bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have to say, this is a bit point. more fantastical really as a film. Yeah. Like, he like Bond. This is where Bond's really like larger than life, almost like. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think this scene kind of sums it up as well because you know Goldfinger he's playing cards, and yeah, uh, well, there's very real hearing aid, you know. Yeah, I yeah, love so this scene, man. It's like <laughs> this. This like this is kind of where it sums up Bond, but like you know, because we, we've just gone from a pretty like, like I said, uncomfortable scene with with Dink, and. Again, he's like, okay, so he's seeing, um, he sees Goldfinger and he works out that he's like rigging this game. So he goes up to find his hotel room, just gets one of the um, workers from the from the hotel to just like unlock the door and send her on her way, you know. And then no one, you know, she doesn't call security or anything, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, you're oh, very sweet. yeah, yeah, you're very pretty. That's that's all. That's all. Yeah, yeah, that's you're all very you need sweet. apparently to just break like... into a, mi- a millionaire's uh, apartment. Yeah, exactly. You could, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna try that, you know, and like my yeah. something, you know. Yeah. See. Um, and then yeah, Goldfinger. Sorry, Bond uh, walks in. And he sees he's on the balcony, and there's Goldfinger's sort of girlfriend, not really escort. Is uh, no, this, no, this is the person who he pays to be seen with him, you know. Yeah, an escort. <laughs> yeah. Kind um, of. Jill I Masterson. Guess. Yeah, Jill Masterson. That's right. She goes, uh, "Who are you?" And he goes, "Bond." James Bond in like the best way ever, man. He's not even looking at it. He's just like walking. You get the music. It's so good, man. This is probably my favorite. Oh, I don't know. We're not going to rank the Bond James Bonds, but if we did, this would be right up there, man. And then the way he walks in that, into that environment, the confidence he oozes, man, when he just takes over, he's like, he just screws Goldfinger, man. You know, he's like looking through the binoculars. Fucks with the with the speaker thing, so it like yeah, deafens exactly. him a little bit. <laughs> it's so funny. I think man. it's really it's really funny here for me. Is like, um, and this is where it's just comical. It's like, how can anybody be on their own merits like that bad at cards that they can only like succeed at all if they're cheating? Because when he like messes it up for Bond, like Goldfinger just immediately starts like losing like. Co- in a row like he doesn't recover at all there's no there's and you can even hear it from the guy he's meant to like just take yeah yeah uh, drag under it's just like oh th- that's more like it and that's that's when there's disruption from jill masterson giving him instructions so it's just oh, fun know. it's just hilarious in a way really 
Well, that's how they say, you know, cheats never prosper. Um, yeah. As, as well, though, you get, like, uh, they, they did tear down Goldfinger a bit at the start. Like, like he's like, oh, yeah, nod if you agree or understand. Yeah. And he's just like, he doesn't. He's like, nod. He's like, you know, like, the, he pulls, like, you know, triple chin, man. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> also, they, this this is really confusing for me. This is really strange, you know, because when, just before we see Goldfinger, Lighter and Bond are talking about him, and he's like, yeah, he's actually British. Which... Yeah. No chance, man. I and I'm I'm wondering. I don't know this for a fact, but I kind of wonder if they kind of just added that in the script, sort of last minute, just to because you know there are a few elements within this that might have been because I think golfing is meant to be either French or German, really, right? Or a bit yeah, of both. I mean, he's based in Switzerland, so yeah, they're really terrible got, with like villain nationalities and stuff. He's like, got to be either the, French, German, or Swiss. I don't know. He's well, Gert Frobe is like, you know, so... Gert Frobe is German, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But he's he dubbed was... as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, he was Gert Frobe is German, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was his accent. I mean, he was originally dubbed, but then he learned English, so they let him re-dub himself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I, I don't know. There's so many, like, I don't know who to believe anymore in terms of gold, uh, Goldfinger's voice. Because some people say it was dubbed, some people say he dubbed himself, and some people say there's no dub at all. So, and no, can, no one actually, really there's tell no, like, there's no concrete, points. like, no one, there's no, like, no one actually has ever been able to confirm that for some reason, which is quite frustrating. But, um, but yeah, um, I think this scene is, is just great, you know, because he's there, he's like, I think you're right, Tom, you know, it's like, how, how can you be that bad at cards? I think he just, he's just thrown off because he's so, like, mm. he's panicking, you know, he just doesn't know what to do now. He's probably forgotten the rules by now because he just keep you know, he just gets <laughs> Yeah, he, like, snaps his pencil, you know. Yeah, snaps the he pencil, was... man, he's fuming. I think that's It's quite funny, good. like, the sound effect for the pencil snapping is, like, yeah. heard from Bond's end as well, which is, like, it's funny <laughs> and really comical. Because he's yeah. looking through the binoculars and you hear it, even though you'd never be able to hear it. It's quite still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Bond, of course, he's like all, you know, charming and stuff with this girl, you know, and like pulls up her sunbed to like, you know, uh, get down to business, so to speak. Um, yeah. We then I love them. Yeah, hey? I, love the ne- I love the next cut though, where it's like, you know, yeah. oh yeah, here from the White House, you know, the president says he's very satisfied. He's totally no, satisfied. He's slightly so. satisfied. Yeah, yeah. And he says, well, that makes two of us, you know. Yeah. Yeah, great quote, great quote. I was going to say that myself, yeah. Um, of course, they're all like, you know, they're like cuddling up in bed, basically, and then Bond goes, oh, man, run out, of, not run out of champ- champagne, champagne's war, like, lost its, lost its chill. So he goes to uh, get another bottle, and then he's like, yeah, well, some things aren't done, like drinking this very expensive champagne you brokies can't afford. Yeah, before, yeah, below before. certain temperature Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, 78.2 degrees Yeah, that's Fahrenheit. really weird. It's really weird. He has this little thing where he, like, makes references to drinks in Fahrenheit. Yeah. He does <laughs> yeah. it again, you and live twice. It's like... Yeah, that's right, that's right. Really, well, I think this is before really the UK uh, transitioned to the metric system and then didn't even bother right? to uphold it half the time anyway, so... Interesting. Um... And obviously he compares it to saying, you know, um, that's like wearing listening to the Beatles without wearing earmuffs. So, real sign of the times, man. Earmuffs. Yeah, James Bond is a Beatles hazer. Yeah, like Patrick Bateman with his Sony Walkman, man, you know, like. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
Anyway, so Bond's going goes down to the fridge to get out his, uh, you know, get some more champagne, and then someone karate chops him on the back of the head and uh, you know knocks him out, and then we get to see the odd job, the silhouette of odd job. Mm. Yeah, with this little the jingle, music, you know. the the music cue there, unreal, man, love it, and the way they employ it throughout the rest of the film is mm. so good, man. And it, and it the the cue itself, it just it sounds like gold, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, like it's like it's like it I don't know how they created that effect because really it sounds like someone like tapping a glass with a fork or something. But I don't I don't know or like a triangle, you know. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's like they literally captured like what a twinkle sounds like. Yeah, and it it's like not just got like the gleam of the gold, you know, like the light reflecting off gold. It's like it's so good, man. The, mm. And that's why it won an Oscar at the end of the day for that, I suppose. It's um, like Oddjob Odd Job doesn't even speak, but like mm. he, that's like his theme, like his little cue or whatever. Yeah, which is, he may not speak, with him. but he says a lot. Indeed. <laughs> um, and yeah, evidence of that is when Bond, you know, finally comes to and uh, wakes up and then sees again one of the most famous sort of images from Bond, which is. Um, you know, Jill Masterson completely covered in gold on the bed, naked. So, you know, and obviously you get that music like and everything, man. It's it's yeah, it's, like it's a, mu a much more like a has uh, a powerful version of it, so to say. Yeah, it confused me a little bit when I was younger. To be honest, I, I was I was kind of I didn't really understand what was going on. I thought like, is this a gold statue that? you know she's been killed and replaced with or i didn't really it took me a long time to actually kind of understand that she was probably like strangled or whatever and then painted in gold but, i think uh, like no no because he me. said it's skin suffocation which exactly. is really and i always i actually always kind of thought that was the case anyway like it never really confused me i mean it's, get yeah. you know back at this point they probably still put like you know radium and you know stuff in paint or whatever like yeah, but think about it. Because they must have killed her, or at least made her unconscious to actually cover her in that paint. They didn't. Well, like, obviously, do it. they weren't like you know, like yeah, there wouldn't be like you know, paint all over the bed if they were trying to hold her down. Right. So like, you know, she she didn't die of skin suffocation, unless well, she, she was like they just made her unconscious, like chloroformed or whatever, and then and then like, painted yeah, her. Yeah, doesn't died. need it, man. He just uses it. He just you know, like just bam, and then gone. By the way, there are a few moments here again where they're just teasing like Sean Connery, man, with his accent, you know, because it's like you had schmush in the last in the last uh, film, and this one, you know, skin suffocation, you know, and like <laughs> shit like that. There's a couple others later on where he says it. I just, I can't help. I'm like, the the older I get and the more I watch these Bond films, the more I'm hearing his accent, man. It's so funny. <laughs> it's been known to happen to cover a dance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so. Basically, yeah, that that happens, um, which is like pretty shocking, man. Especially back then, and there's there's a whole like there's lots of interesting backstory to how that was done, how that effect was created, um, and yeah, just one of the iconic sort of movie deaths, almost, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, and he gets to you know even be clever about it with M explaining like the whole thing is yeah, yeah. Normally you leave you know a bit like at the uh, yeah, base of the spine is. clear, so skin can breathe which obviously someone didn't yeah like yeah, yeah. can you imagine that they just left like a square like a uh, square inch left on the back and then the the, the, the killing move was just a stroke with a paintbrush to cover it you know like 
bang. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Jerkin, the actual, odd job was that's a very it. elaborate way to dispatch of someone. It like, is, it is. Like, you think it? it speaks to how, like, obsessed Goldfinger is with, like, gold and stuff. Is like, he could have easily, I don't know, shot her or whatever and then just left her or what. But, like, he went and he got whatever gold paint and. Mm. And wherever you'd get that from, he just popped into the home wherever base. Or wherever they had oh, he just melted down a bit of his Rolls Royce and then painted her in yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and one thing I'd like to point out, this reminds me of, you know, it's like a callback to the lyrics of the song, you know, he's got like the Midas touch, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, that's right, that's right, exactly. So then, um, you know, Bond sees this, he's obviously, you know, pretty shocked and, uh, you know, rings up his mate Felix Leiter and he's like, yeah, she's covered in paint, gold paint. And then we uh, head over to London, the Houses of Parliament. I think this is the first exterior shot we get of. I don't remember it being in Doctor No from Rush with Love. I think it is in Doctor No because they had to it is. introduce the fact okay. that, yeah, we're in London, by the way. Here's Big Ben. It just never occurred to me that actually M's office is in that building, you know? I don't know why. Surely it would be in the MI7 building or the MI6 building. MI7, <laughs> Johnny. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, he did say he's head of MI7 in, in the first one, so... My yeah, yeah, we went over this. He he says, uh, I remember made... you mentioning it, but I, I can't. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, um, yeah, but I mean, the MI6 headquarters is shown clearly in later films, but this one, at least to me, it gave me the impression that M's office at this point is in the House of Parliament somewhere. somewhere. No, that wouldn't make any sense. It's just to show that they're in London, really. Like, think... they didn't show, like, you know, in Donald Day, like the London Eye or something. It's like, oh, I guess they must be in the uh, carriage there, you know. Well, no, no but, I mean, like, I, know, I know the MI6 headquarters is like just down the down the river, literally. But still, like, I don't it's know. It's not. It's it's not in the house of Parliament, I think, it's in Doctor No. When he comes, you see him coming out of an elevator, and then he gets out a lift. Actually, forgive me. And then uh, he gets out and then goes down a corridor, which is clearly not houses of Parliament, and then enters an. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't really make sense office, to have it there. And then that's like you know the secret intelligence place. Makes sense. Well, it's actually, uh, anyway. Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we see M once again. What I like about this film, I think it's the first time they mention like other double O agents. So in this case, he's like, oh, well, if you're not up to it, Bond, then I could get double O eight to replace you. So that was mm. cool. Because we do, we do go on to. Is double O eight one of them we go on to meet at some point? I think double O nine is the one who gets killed in Octopussy. I thought it was double O three. No, no, that's double it's 009. O- I think it's double O nine. Yeah, it is double O nine. Trust. No, your uh, no, your uh, facts, James. I know double O six, obviously, but uh, and I'm yeah. sure we and in Thunderball we meet a, f- a couple of them yeah. as well. No, no, no Thunderball, you see all of them. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's really for next cool. week. Um, obviously, yeah. So Bond and uh, Golf, uh, sorry, and M, they agree to have dinner later on with uh, Colonel Smithers. Yeah. Um, on his yeah. way oh, out. No, no, no. Bond... One second. One yeah. second, which I find really one thing which I find pretty funny in the um, uh, what's it called? The, money the M scene. No, no, no. Yeah, money pays really sixties in that scene, which is quite, which is funny because the other ones don't date so much. But um, it's like when M says, "Unlike diamonds, it's ideal for smuggling." Which is, just kind of feels like it's preemptively dissing diamonds off forever because <laughs> the whole thing about that is like them smuggling diamonds and this one's just like, just like saying gold's better to smuggle than diamonds and blah blah. 
and basically if you think take it like that it's it's literally confirming that Goldfinger has an objectively better plot than Diamonds Are Forever, which I find pretty funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. very true. I mean, um, I like I think the, I like funny moment bit. as well because as Bond's on his way out, he's out, he's flirting with Money Penny as usual, and then he says, you know, he's got a business appointment later on, so yeah, he that's says he's why got he a dinner go. date. Oh yeah, yeah, no, she it was. And busy. then and then she goes, oh, that's the flimsy excuse you've ever given me, and then uh, and then he goes, who is she, James? And then. M comes on the screen and goes, she's me, Money Penny, you know, like, so, you know, it's like legit this time, so, you know, that's quite funny. It's like, yeah, I love that bit. Slight, um, involvement of their relationship for once, you know. It is that funny, doesn't... like, yeah. Um, I wonder if M just, like, listens into everything, like, he's got he's every the head room. of MI6, you know, I mean, he kind of has to. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely got, you know, every room bugged, even if it is against the law or something. Yeah. <laughs> M's uh, actually a paranoid schizo, man, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, so then they go and have dinner, and they're in a very grand-looking hall, you know, um, uh, with, with Colonel Smithers, who also appears, you recognise him, right, from Yes Minister? Oh, yeah, I think he must have been in one of my... Forgot. He plays the banker, he's like the... the, the yeah, yeah, the guy who, who yeah. reads the uh, the paper, he doesn't quite understand anything. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, it's you always know. a Milton someone, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's the same guy, so that was quite funny to see him. Nice to know. Um, and Bond is basically... Okay, yeah, Bond flexes his knowledge of the brandy, you know, and stuff, and he's yeah. like... Yeah, and then M goes, like... Colonel Smithers is giving the lecture, Bond. Yeah, it's like, I'd say it's a 30-year-old indifferently blended bumpois or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then Bond is, of course, presented with the Nazi gold worth £5,000. Yeah, from the bottom of Lake Toplitz. Yep. So, uh, you know, that's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty cool. And uh, yeah, exactly. and just, yeah like, you're gonna pick out from Q branch. The, yeah, that's right. I just I love the fact that it's like five thousand pounds. There's like some like real emphasis on that. Which even if you want to go, do you know what annoys me a little bit? It's the fact that like okay, five thousand pounds. I'm like okay, that was a lot back then. But also like you know, just like five minutes ago, Bond told Goldfinger to lose ten grand, and then let's be generous, fifteen thousand dollars. So it's kind of like I don't know weakens it a lot you know it's no i never really thought of that it's just like it's like you literally got a giant hunk of gold on the table you know just like True. and obviously we get a little economic lecture from Colonel smith as well about you know the, the pound and the euro actually they didn't have the euro back then but the dollar yeah, yeah. Like, they, they went on about is... like yeah yeah how golfing lot... smuggles and so on. yeah that's right they do a bit of exposition which is good yeah there's a lot more like uh kind of basically simple it's not like politically called war like undertone yeah. to it it's just yeah what's basically what's interesting, money i think what the real strength of this film is is the plot i think it wouldn't even be a stretch to say this is probably the best plot of any bond film um mm. it makes sense it's not too overcomplicated. it has genuine interesting twists that you know go on to be revealed but i think in terms of like a plot that is like relevant that aged relatively well and actually makes sense and is believable i think this one is actually stands up quite well mm. yeah it i does... can, i'm gonna mention some historical context later on which okay. actually makes this film the plot of it even more important but oh anyway, okay something to do with this... president nixon so. i think 
I think the plot with this film, though, like um, what it did achieve the best, I think, was make it the most kind of widely understandable and widely accessible for the audience. Like the um, audience that saw From Rush With Love probably wouldn't have, they might or might not if I wasn't there, but like they wouldn't have been able to like understand every single like political nuance behind the plot and stuff. Yeah. But um, Well, I the, mean, they were living in the co- middle of the Cold War, like I'm pretty sure they would have got most of it. Yeah, Either way, maybe. that plot doesn't really age well because Cold War, obviously, you know, like, first yeah. of all, Cold War is a plot that's been done to death in Hollywood. Secondly, it's just, it's something that just can't, gold, on the other hand, is literally, like, as long as man has existed, basically, gold has been this... Something you want. Yeah, this, universal. This, like, you know, a precious metal, it's a finite resource that has value, and this is a film all about gold. And I think that's just I, I, that. And in theory, I think you could probably still apply that plot today. In theory, yeah. if you have the whole gold reserve in Fort Knox and there's a billion, you know, a billionaire, let's say, who has a lot of gold and then wants to increase the value of it. You could, in theory, go and execute this plot. I mean, I'm just saying that's <laughs> how this plot could still stand up today in a sense, you know, mm. or, or in any like, in any era, really. A testament to the plot is um the fact that they tried rehashing it for so many other films as well Hmm. the kind of basics of it um which we'll get into so that that really yeah that shows how good it was definitely so uh as you said henry m instructs bond to go and collect this uh gold from q branch and this this is one of the scenes man like in cinema history you just get to they, they they're like because you see q i mean you see major booth where a doctor no like just gives him his gun tells him to piss off or he gets told to piss off actually um then you actually see desmond llewellyn and you know from rush with love he just you know gives his like sheepish kind of introduction of the briefcase and mm-hmm. like this time he's just you know he's done with james bond shit like you know he's probably like it's like it feels like there's been like 10 missions in between this and he's like destroyed everything like he's given him like mm-hmm. uh, it feels it feels like Q just like recently got promoted or something and he just got like this whole like laboratory and stuff yeah they and gave him like, a budget you know and everything yeah. he's not being talked down to by like any double yeah he's got he's yeah 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 i, I, yeah. Lo- I love Q man i, I and, love the stuff i love the stuff going on in the background as that's, well that's that's the best bit isn't it and I love that that's established in this film, you know, like this is one of the things that makes this film so great. It's just, it just sets the tone for Q where he's like, you know, there's a guy getting gunned down in the background and, you know, like, oh yeah, we're still testing that one, you know, whatever. It's not fully like, tested. Yeah. yeah. It's great. <laughs> and, and Q himself is so, you know, deadpan and dry and everything. Bond's trying to like, you know, take the edge off and stuff, but Q's not having any, but he doesn't muck around, you know, he doesn't suffer fools. And uh, Bond's always like, you know, provoking him. I, I just love that. And Desmond Llewellyn, of course, who just becomes a real um, stalwart of this franchise, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's literally the first thing Bond does. Like, he, like, Q's trying to, like, talk to a technician. Bond pulls out some, like, grenade-looking thing, like, just yeah. blow up all of them at the same time by accident. Then he just tells him <laughs> to put it down, you know, like. And I think there's a funny moment where, Bo- where Q goes to Bond and he says, you know, um... It's to the effect of, like, how long will this take? And then Q goes, oh, well, if I have your undivided attention, shouldn't need more than an hour. You know, Bond just does this face. Yeah, like, yeah, rolls his eyes. It's so good. It's so good. Because we've all been there. We've all been, like, at that, you know, in that in that situation. So, yeah, I love it. And, of course, 
you know, we see for the first time the Aston Martin DB5. And um, with all the bells and whistles, of course, as well. Everything. I mean, the cool thing about it is actually that car was modified. Like it was a modified DB5. And most of those gadgets actually worked in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the ejector seat, but most of it was like actually like, you know, I mean, obviously didn't really have uh, access to CG back then. And um, that car also went on to be like literally in a bomb plot of its own. It got like mm-hmm. stolen, stolen. Yeah, overnight yeah. in a in like some cargo plane, like just taken to the Middle East. And I don't know if it got recovered like recently or something, but like it did recently. It's probably actually. one of it did actually get recovered recently. I was in the news or something. Got yeah, found. I might have to purchase it. You know, like it's one of <laughs> probably one of the probably in like the top like twenty like most valuable cars in the world probably now. So, I think it's certainly the most iconic car in film history as well. Has to be right. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. I mean, you, I would say the Batmobile, but there are so many versions of the Batmobile. Yeah. You know, you'd have to sort of pick one, and that's quite hard to do. Even though we have done it, <laughs> yeah. you go back to our Batman series. But um, Aston Martin DB5 is just, like I said, probably the most famous car in the world because of this film. Yeah, it's like, so, it just looks so good, like so classic, you know, like, and, and obviously like, all the gadgets in it. It's stunning. It's just a beautiful car. Tom, remind me, did we see this? Was the Aston Martin DB5 at Bewley Motor Museum or I don't think it was? It wasn't the one, but I think they had like a... Yeah, I think I'd have remembered if... I think I would definitely remember if it was there, but I don't think it was. They might have had some kind of replica there. Mm. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah nonetheless, just... just um, and obviously, like I said, with all the bells and whistles, all the gadgets, you know, this is where, like I say, Henry, this is where Bond comes larger than life. It's really symbolised within this car, mm. this particular... Yeah, and then, yeah, and then Q's like, you know, the cherry on top is, you know, like... Yeah, underneath the uh, the gear stick, you know, you got this uh, little red button, but don't push it. Whatever like, you do, don't push this button. Yeah. Yeah, it's like why so? And it's like because you'll disengage this part of the roof, and uh, no, you, and then you engage the passenger ejector seat, and then like you know, you get that little uh, thing between Sean Connery and him. He's like ejector seat, you must be joking. And then he's like, I never joke about my work, 007. Like, like completely, like he's like almost looks offended, you know, like as yeah. if he, like make that up. Yeah, and that's where the scene ends as well. It's like, so you, good, man. Yeah, like could you imagine like the amount of like work he put into making that possible, just to be like, yeah, don't believe you. I, I, I just, I love Bond and Q's relationship, and you see it grow over the series as well, over the decades. Hmm. Um, and and I think it's a particularly special one for two reasons. One, one because you already. He's already he has ongoing relationships with uh, with M and with Money Penny. These are like M, Money Penny, and Q are the three sort of main recurring characters in the Bond franchise, right? And with M, it's and he has different relationships with all of them. M, he's like M's his boss, so there's that dynamic going on. Money Penny is the flirty kind of receptionist kind of vibe, but Q is my favourite one because Bond they're they're not I think they're because. Bond is clearly above Money Penny. There's a clear hierarchy with M Bond and Money Penny. With Q, I feel like Bond and Q are pretty much equals. I would say, mm. in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if you. The if funny you agree thing with that. is, the funny thing I think like they are like in essence, but like uh, I don't think M sees it that way because um, 
some <laughs> we'll get to it eventually but he does eventually express like some when he's in a bad mood he like expresses some contempt for like cues like interjections <laughs> and stuff and That's like true. he will like take he will take Bond's side over Q's, I think, which is quite funny to see. But yeah, <laughs> that's true. Actually. That's a good well, maybe. Point. Well, we see M does have, you know, he, do, he doesn't like people smarter than him. You know, he hates it when Bond goes <laughs> on like a, a, a pro. And Q is probably smarter than both of them put together. To be honest, God, with all the stuff sure. he puts together. But and the second reason I think Bond's relationship with Q is particularly special is because of Desmond Llewellyn, and mm. obviously he went, he kept going until the world is not enough. Mm-hmm. So not only is he is his relationship with Bond ongoing, but we get to see how that dynamic changes with each yeah, Bond with... actor as well. Yeah, he doesn't not seem... to mention yeah. the variety of you know gadgets he, he presents him with yeah. as well. You know, yeah, I think he yeah he meets four of them. He didn't, he never sees George Lazenby. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, he's at his wedding. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, just not just <laughs> not in the uh, usual you know circumstances. Still. Yeah. There's one film he misses out on, which is Live and Let Die. That's the only one he misses out on. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because M shows him, like, I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, while, he, while James Bond flexes his coffee machine, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, so that yeah, so we get to meet Q, basically, and the Aston Martin DB5. Character um, of own, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it really is. It really is. Um... I don't think if there's much more yeah. to comment on that. I mean, the next thing, yeah, one he, thing like, like, meets, he meets Goldfinger at the country club. Uh, one second, yeah. one second for the Q thing. Like, um, mm-hmm. he, one thing that I find a little confusing is that Q's like, uh, I want it to be intact for once when you return from the fields. But mm-hmm. like, if surely that would, in, in, if you wanted it to be pristine, that would entail it not being used, right? So you want it to be used because that's like your handiwork. That's like, that's the reason you're there so you create good stuff that like gets used and gets people out of bad situations yeah but he like, does be destroyed so it feels like kind of a bit it's he yeah wants it i know back. that's the well, thing, i think but... he wants it he wants it back but having been used so he can get feedback on oh yeah and then i totally like sliced this guy in half with this or oh, i chopped up her car <laughs> with this bit oh yeah that's probably cute and cute never really gets to see or experience the fruit mm. of his own labor right because he just sends it off and he kind of knows yeah, he's he never gets destroyed to see yeah it's, and it's, he's probably it's, always it's, hoping that he'll see it again but is resigned to the fact that he won't yeah yeah i love i love the bit as well like yeah like immediately after he says yeah do try to bring it back for once and he's like well you'd be surprised how much wear and terror occurs. yeah that's right Oh, there's another comment I just wanted to throw in there. I think it's a really interesting... It kind of reminds me of the whole Beretta Wolfer thing from Dr. No. Mm. When Bond comments upon the fact, like, what happened to my Bentley, you know? And it's like, ah, oh, your Bentley's finished, mate. We've got an Aston Martin for you now. Um, and it's it's funny that it's just this whole, like, series of Bond adventures, which we never get to see, but they do a little bit of character building with him. Or just trying to flesh him out, make him feel like he's got some history there, yeah. you know? Which mm. is, you know, I think is worth mentioning. So that's the DB5 for now. Yeah. Um, Bond, like you said, Henry, he goes and meets Goldfinger at the golf club. Mm. This is this is probably again like the best. It, it, it's a funny one. I love this scene. Yeah, they it's, some it's they somehow so make fast. golf interesting to watch. Like this is what this is my thing. Yeah. Golf golf is probably the most boring sport you can imagine, but they make <laughs> it into this 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 like back and forth between the the protagonist and the villain and it's it's almost like chess but 
with like green, you know. I don't know. It's like this tactical, this they're working each other out, they're weighing each other up, and yeah, and, no, and not to mention, not to mention, uh, he when he sees uh, who Goldfinger's caddy is, you know, or mm. caddy, yeah. Oh, the yeah. setup is so good from the moment they make eye contact, you know, it's like, you know, how do you do? How do you do? You know, <laughs> and then obviously meets gold, uh, odd jobs there. We get the musical cue, yeah, it's get, like because you've only seen them. I mean, obviously, the cue helps, but. Even if you didn't have like the cue at either point, just by his like sh- silhouette, it's it's like it's the bowler yeah. hat man. Like, uh, like you immediately know who it's it not is. It's not a bowler hat. So, so it? the top hat. Yeah, I was gonna say. It's. Yeah, it's I, I like, think because he's like literally like throwing. I think bowling like cricket. So. It's it's funny like um, well it, yeah it's like this kind of is interesting to me because you kind of see the consequence of James being James Bond being over like overconfident when he like does the mm. thing with the cards earlier on because then Goldfinger recognizes him by his voice so like and who wouldn't be actually if you, if someone calls you to lose like 15k or whatever you'd probably remember mm. the voice that like made you do that so um so yeah later that that plays up in the scene as well because you're kind of wondering if God well for me at least you're kind of wondering if Goldfinger recognizes him initially or not and then oh well, he makes yeah. some references to it I wanted to ask you, you guys that, actually, because, like I say, Goldfinger does go on to say, oh, you know, now our previous encounters, like, you know, now it works out. I, I, and I'm, I wanted to ask you, too, at what point do you think he works out? Do he works he out have... that's the same person that screwed him out of that money earlier? Do you yeah, think he must it have was... figured it out? And, and not just that, by the way, but the fact that Bond effectively, by doing that, got Jill Masterson killed as well. That's, you know, that not, not, you know, that's kind of, it goes by the way, but really Bond's partially, partially responsible for her death, you know, like, yeah. and I, he should feel guilty about that. Perhaps doesn't. I mean, they do go on and address it later, but I just think that's interesting. But yeah, yeah. I think um, he must do you think Goldfinger realizes like... straight away or well, at what point if he doesn't, what point does he? Well, the thing is, at least the way I see it, like Oddjobbit had already seen him before, like when he knocked him out. So he must have like known immediately. Like when he sees this guy, okay, maybe he didn't know his name, but he know he knows. Well, actually, Audra, I don't know if he could read. I don't know if he drew him a picture of what he looked like because he can't speak. Um, uh, but it, I mean, it, it must have been either that or the voice that that like confirmed it to him to be like, oh, this guy's just winding me up now. Clearly, because like in the middle That's of the game, point. I didn't like, think of odd job to be fair. So this is where I wonder, like, okay, so Goldfinger, like, they make eye contact and, and Bond sort of teases him with the first thing he says to him. <laughs> and then and then Oddjob sees him. So we don't know if Oddjob saw Bond beforehand or if he's just seen him for the first... I, I, I assume that's the first time they kind of made up. And Bond obviously freezes a bit. He's like, oh, like... Yeah. Because Bond's but, trying to... I mean, Bond wouldn't have seen Oddjob, but maybe, like, as Oddjob he was passing out, it. he saw the silhouette, you know, I don't know. It's really cool. There's a lot going on here, you know, which is which just adds that spice to the scene as well, isn't it? But, but in the middle of like the golf game as well, like you know, golfing system, you know, like oh, so what's what's your game, Mister Bond? And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, you know, you didn't come here to play golf, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously, you... that's a re- that's like my favorite f- moment of the scene, act- of the whole uh, thing in the golf course is like when. Goldfinger's just trying to line up his shot and then like mm. he's like um and then my game and then he like throws the gold bar down and then you see like Goldfinger's face like get distracted by it and then he's like 
And then he like you see him go back to his shot and he like misses because he's so fixated by the gold and like it's really great. Like they really like I don't know, they make Goldfinger so obsessed with gold and everything in this film. Mm. It's 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 really good for like his character and stuff. Mm. I completely agree. I was gonna mention that as well. I think yeah. it's very clever because early when Bond is first shown the gold, the guy goes, you know, he says, Bond can use this however he likes. And then that that that's you know that's a big that's that's you know you've got a lot of room to like be creative with that and I, I think the way he uses that throws it down. Now when I was younger, I used to think I used to think yeah, but gold thing was distracted. That's why he messes up the shot. But I'm wondering if actually the weight of the gold is what causes some kind of like indent in the floor. Yeah, and that's what causes the ball to like you know roll to the side towards it. Yeah, that's what I think, but it could be a bit of both. Could be my, my, well, I'm actually like, curious. What... That's what I thought. Though. What I'm curious about is like, how did James Bond? Now that you mention it, how did James Bond like conceal that? And then like, did he just have it stuck in his pocket? <laughs> the biggest like, pockets ever. With... Man. Yeah, like the weight of it just as kind well, of like, man, throws, like, throws it out. Like, you're like a toad. Did he give it to his carries? Gives it to his like caddy. Supporting, yeah, it's Caddy, who's mm. by the way, like probably the most overplayed supporting character. In yeah, man. yeah, man, this guy's, <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's so like, he's so like, like you know, bait man. Like when they, yeah. when basically because golfing can't find his ball, um, and he's like, oh, strict rules of golf, you know, if you can't find it in five minutes, you forfeit the game or whatever. And then you know, odd job produces one, like another one, just, and then Bond's actually standing on top of the real one, so they're just gonna fuck with them a bit. And then, like, this guy, after Goldfinger, like, walks off a meter, he's like, did you switch him, sir? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, this guy, yeah, he does yeah. like yeah. it. I think that might have been, because you know how the, the the director and the, you know, I think the whole, like, crew, they're a bit sneaky and, like, just poking fun at Americans wherever they can. I think this might be a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's right next to Bond, and Bond, he's kind of, like, making, by being like all that, it's like, you know, when you're good looking, you got like the ugly, you hang out with the ugly friends or, or like girls do that, you know, sort of thing. So like, you know, the ugly friends make you look more beautiful, right? In contrast, I think that there's a bit of that going on with Bond. He's there, he's like keeping it cool. He's like got everything under control. He's confident. And this guy's just like, you know, like just, he's just like gassed to be there, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, and he goes, of his catching life. The tension, the suspense, you know, that in such small, yeah. like, otherwise completely irrelevant moment, but you know, because they switch the balls, obviously, and then Goldfinger he puts it down, and then Bond goes, you know, if he doesn't notice it, and then Goldfinger, he, he, there's a moment where he looks down and he's like, you know, adjusting the yeah, ball, yeah, and he holds he his arm and stuff, you know, it's like there's this little moment where it's like, oh, you know, it just keeps you on the edge, That's, and it's such a small thing, but that detail just just really adds to the scene. It's so good, yeah. you know, as well, like yeah. Bond's- and- yeah, go on. Go on. No, 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 you 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 go on. Right. Well, the uh, the thing is like, uh, Sean Connery's. There's one particular shot where they just sell the the suspense of the scene, where it's like Goldfinger's about to take a shot, and then like I think it's like Bond or something puts his hand on the caddy, yeah, right. and like they're both looking at it, not even looking yeah, at yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so good. It's so it's funny, but yeah. yeah. But saying? the other the other thing that I wanted to mention as well is the fact that. Like 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 Bond and Goldfinger, Bond's especially trying to wind up Goldfinger as well. Like it's just mm. he wants to wind up anyone basically. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
He's like he's like trying to take a shot, and then he like speaks to him, just like distract him for a second. And he like stops, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, cool thing." And then Goldfink does it to him later on. He's like he's like multiple yeah, times trying to take yeah, a yeah, sweep, yeah. and then just as he's about to, he's like, "Oh, should we do this?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, cool. yeah, it's it's so good. I love the the this scene is is amazing. Just the pair, and I can't I can't think of any film which has a golf scene that I think they they just. I mean, obviously, it's parodied in John English Reborn, um, but other than that, I can't, I can't remember like a really like great golf scene, other than this from any film that I've seen, you know. But I don't think anybody tried to like replicate. Yeah, it. I, I, I think you only ever see golf in comedies, really, well. and that's um, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah, this is like the golf scene, isn't it for? Mm. For any film, um, I did want to comment as well on on their on their clobber, you know, on their outfits, because like Goldfinger's Goldfinger's like outfits are like quite interesting. First of all, because Goldfinger is in the whole film is never seen without an item of clothing that's gold, apart from at the end. But even then, he's got like a gold gun, right, mm-hmm. um, and jewelry and eyebrows. But uh, other than that, uh, he uh, I think it's funny seeing Bond wearing because Bond's always like the peak of fashion and attire, right. And in this, he's wearing um, a Slazinger sort of yeah. jumper, right? And it's just funny, like, Slazinger back then must have been some really prestigious brand, because it's taken, now it's just like sports direct. Like, yeah, yeah, they mentioned, shit, you know, like, you know. Yeah, because they mentioned, oh, it's a Slazinger ball, you <laughs> yeah, know. Like, yeah, it's like, like oh, that, that was probably like the, 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 the pinnacle of that. I mean, obviously, Slazinger still, like, makes tennis um, equipment and stuff to a high level, but I think now you know you see some of the Slazengers. It's just like, you know, like the Slazenger Warriors. You know, it's like the typical like Brexit shoe. You know, like I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just funny the reputation. It's just funny seeing Bond wear Slazenger. You know, that's quite quite shocking almost. You know. Yeah, it's the first time I actually noticed it. Was like that's what he's wearing. But yeah, same. I don't know. I knew the balls were Slazenger, but just to see him wearing one is just funny, man. Because you know. That's like your average Weatherspoons, like regulars, where like we're in Slazenger, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. talk about the climax of this scene. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, Bond, but basically, Goldfinger. Well, Goldfinger cheats because he, you know, odd job finds finds his ball, which isn't the real one. He just drops it down his trousers. Um, and then Bond is like, oh, okay, well then, if you're going to play dirty, he switches the balls. Goldfinger does beat Bond, but then Bond beats him on a technicality of it's a Slazenger seven. Strict rules of golf, so. Right. Again, they're stitching It's funny that, like... The Schlesinger and the, you know, <laughs> Schlesinger seven. <It's>... <laughs> what you going to say, It's is funny, like, um, uh, like, even with cheating now, Goldfinger can't win, so... It is funny to like that's like his little defense mechanism or whatever in these games and stuff is just cheating when he's not confident mm. that he's going to mm. win and then even despite mm. that this time he just like completely fails which is funny but it's and funny it to he, a really great he discussion own, well. he falls on his own sword as well because he was the one that suggested to bond earlier to like yeah. try and throw him off he was like oh strict rules then and bond goes of course you know um, and then Bond uses that to basically, you know, it's just fun. I love, I love, I love this. It's so good. Like the, yeah. the it's so it, layered. We've even missed out a few things, but it's yeah, just, exactly. the thing is as well, he great could, scene. 
He couldn't even call out Bond for switching his ball because then he'd have to actually admit the fact that he cheated earlier by pretending mm. he found it anyway. Exactly. So exactly. He'd have to admit the fact there's two slash hundred ones because anyway. Yeah. I, it's so good. And and golfing his frustration again, you know, he's already broken the pencil and then this time he's like throws down the ball. He's he's uh it, it's so good, man. Of yeah, course, not then, to mention what comes after this, you know. Right, right. So, yeah. so, so Goldfinger, yeah, we see Goldfinger's Rolls-Royce Phantom, which again is just like, you know, I mean, you've got the DB5 just in the background, casually chilling there, you know, but it's Rolls-Royce. Yeah, it's, a, it's literally a Rolls-Royce, what can you do? Exactly. Uh, like and and this particular model is a right. custom, well, yep. the, origi- the, the original model it was based off of was a custom build for like some like, English lord or something, so... Yeah. Um, speaks to the uh, heights that this uh, car is held to. Right. Um, and then, obviously, <laughs> Goldfinger has a bit of back and forth with Bond, where he's like, oh, you know... Um, oh, you're worried I wasn't going to give you a return game. Yeah, or... yeah, Bond plays dumb, you know, because Goldfinger's like, yeah, you know, we've I know we've met before, basically he lets on that, and then Bond's like, oh, yeah, we'll do a return game. And then he goes, both of us know perfectly what we're talking about, Mr. Bond, but since I need this, it's, I see it's necessary to remind you, Odd job gets him over, man. Odd job frisbees his hat over, like decapitates a statue there, falls to the ground, and uh, Bond goes, "Oh, you know, I wonder what the <laughs> club secretary. <laughs> I wonder what you. Yeah, oh, nothing, Mister Bond. We'll have to show oh, you're in the club. Bond, yeah, Goldfinger in the maybe the most Sigma male and uh, line in the whole franchise. He goes, oh, nothing, Mister Bond. I own the club. <laughs> I love so that good, so man. much. And like the way that's aged, because I think it's probably fair to say maybe the most associate, I mean, pretty apart from Tiger Woods, but probably the biggest name you associate with golf now is Trump. And mm. I think there's almost like a bit of, there's almost like shades <laughs> of Trump within Goldfinger as well. I don't know if you, if you caught that. Yeah, all, I should come to think of it. Yeah. He owns the golf I course. Think so. It's like, you know. What what high states of wealth is that? And obviously Trump's quite famous among other things for having his 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 golf circuit, yeah, right? Course. So you know, yeah, well, you know, there's yeah, some golf. resemblances. Yeah. You know, Trump's. There's a yeah. There's a I mean, Trump's grandparents well. came from Germany. You know, he's got the blonde hair. You know, he's not necessarily the fittest person on earth. No, definitely not. May or may not cheat certain he, things. Yeah, especially like his wives and so on. But anyway, very wealthy. Yeah, yeah I, I just like, I love. I, anyway, yeah, I own the club. I mean, there's a. This is the first of many Sigma moments in this film. But I would be. I think it's one of those where you can tell. Not only will this finish first, probably when we vote for it, but perhaps of the whole franchise. Yeah, as well. this is literally like. We'll get. We will get to some more. But I think like this um, is going to be right up there, man. Go on, Tom. The, um, I wanted to say like um, what I really love, like Goldfinger, in my mind, immediately knows it's James Bond, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he's like, fine, whatever. And then the one thing I really like, which is like so Sigma about Goldfinger, he's like, he's not rattled at all that it's James Bond and this person's responsible for like losing whatever money for him. He like, he just, he's like so like um, fixated on gold and stuff. Like he, he just, he, he's like game on when Bond drops the the uh, gold bar down. He's like. He doesn't care about his like previous humiliation at least until later on until like as just as long as he can rob this well win this guy's gold off him and uh right. increase his stock as yeah yeah exactly yeah. And, but then um, he also I, plays I think the it's worth, 
I think it's obviously worth touching on, on Odd Job's hat. You know, obviously Odd Job is one of the iconic henchmen in film history, let alone Bond. Mm. And obviously, you know, his hat as well. It's like his own gadget, and then he's using that. You know, and obviously, like it's a bit stupid because it doesn't it doesn't make any the steel rimmed brim of the hat like slices a stone statue like clean off you know like that literally isn't possible it's like like physically impossible but well maybe maybe the force of it hitting it like cracked it all the way through who knows because he's a strong guy it's a clean slice right it's like i don't know well well, the thing is he doesn't decapitate people does he it breaks their necks yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it, it confuses later on, yeah, because like I say, he uses it again on someone, and then like it doesn't, it kills. Oh, actually, we'll, we'll come to that later, but uh, I don't know. We, we get to see on job that hat is used yeah. later on. Sorry, no, spoiler off the viewers that hat is later used. Yeah, sure. One person I, it, single again, it's, it's just one of those things. I think I remember when even when we were kids, you know, we'd like recreate with like you know, I think Tom, who Tom was Goldfinger. I was probably the victim, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, Henry was the yeah. statue, and I, I must have been an odd job. Yeah, man, it was like, yeah, great times, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, great times for you. Yeah, yeah, Henry was the victim. Pillow in the end, so, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, uh, also important, well, before we leave this scene, odd job uh, ends up, this also becomes a Bond trope. Actually, it starts with Dr. No, and then odd job does it. He crushes the golf ball, you know. Yeah, yeah, because Bond's like, oh yeah, I think you'll need this because like he's winding him up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like mocking it, man. He's like, don't forget this, mate, and then crushes it, man. Symbolic and also perhaps um, foreshadowing for Casino Royale. But (laughs) but anyway, um, so then which uh, one? (laughs) Oh, obviously, what's important here is that Bond plants the Homer that um, yeah, you gave him earlier. He plants the tracker basically in in uh, Goldfinger's car. Yeah, and uh, and then opens up his monitor on in his Aston Martin and goes and goes and tracks him down basically and uh, follows him eventually to the Swiss Alps. So, again, very very beautiful imagery here, very scenic. First and not the last time Bond is uh, in Switzerland in the Alps, but uh, yeah, I think this is this is just it's just a beautiful scene, beautiful cars and everything. It's just mm. wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like it's yeah, like, nothing, nothing quite like seeing experiencing right now. <laughs> as well, like I like the bit as well. He's like driving around, you know. He sees like you know, like a pretty lady in a car, and he's like, you know, he, he's yeah. like, he's got like you know, like M on his shoulder, almost like you know, yeah. like the angel and the devil. Like you know, he's like, you know, uh, discipline double oh seven, you know, discipline, yeah. and then he just doesn't go after her. Like yeah, it's, like, it's oh, just well, it's just well done, mate. Round of applause. Yeah, yeah. Congrats, Bond. You know, I wow. like the as well just. It's just that, you know, like, you get... There's nothing better than seeing, like, you know, like, just the camera shots of just, like, two, like, amazing-looking cars just going around, you know, mm. the hillside, kind of. Mm. Again, yeah. it's not the last time we'll see that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Goldfinger's uh, stopping off to have an apple or whatever he's doing. Yeah, he's buying Bond fruit. is on the, like, the, the ridge above him on this mountain, basically looking down at him. And then, even above Bond... There's a sniper, and we only see the barrel of the rifle, which is so cool, man. Like, the way they have this suspense and this mystery once again. And it's like, because we don't have those same elements from Dr. No and from Russia with Love, where he's always being followed until this moment. And then there's, like, all of a sudden, there's, like, this this assassin basically right behind him. 
who obviously we go on to discover who it is later, but I think just for this moment, it's like, whoa, you know, like that's, it's like very unexpected. It's very sudden. And obviously. Yeah. It's like, it's like James Bond is like, you know, he's trying to show his dominance, but he doesn't even know mm. the song behind him. Like, and obviously, yeah. yeah, the shot is taken and it nearly hits Bond basically. Um, yeah. And I don't understand how like Goldfinger didn't even notice that like down there. He's just like, yeah. It's like some loud, like sniper fire behind him, and he's just chilling, like you know, gets yeah, echoing through the mountains. Yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, um, so Bond. So anyway, so Bond like looks up, sees the car drive off, so he goes and tails it. Um, we get to see the use of a Bond gadget that wasn't actually explained by Q, but and it's actually like from Chariots of Fire. Yeah, I was just going to say like, that. Yeah, yeah, literally. So, what well, do you mean? Do you mean Ben Hur, maybe? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah I think chariots of fire. Man. You did fuck off, man. You did the same thing. I said chariots, and you're like, yeah, char-, and then yeah, of fire. Yeah, obviously Ben Hearn. That's right. The um, the like the spike, the buzz saw going through like spike yeah. the spokes of the wheel is so. Yeah, cool, he man. like totals a car, man. Like it's yeah. like like he really. I mean, to be fair, I get. I I mean, in his mind, you know, like it, it's justified because she, you know, tried to kill him or whatever, but mm-hmm. like. Man, she could have been like a horrific accident, like you know, like yeah, it could have been some Italian job shit, man. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, it could have been but, like the three blind mice all over again. You know? I think Bond took a calculated risk, and yeah, yeah. Well, but you are right. Yeah, it could have could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, she gets a, she's fine, man. She she doesn't even get whiplash, man. She's like like fine, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I don't know, man. If they're like, I, said, I never she, thought about that, but yeah, it's a great point. <laughs> I, d- I don't know if they're implying she's stupid because she's blonde or whatever. But like, she like anyone who looks at that on their car is like, and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, it must have been tire blowout. And then she's like, yeah, yeah. sure. There's a, oh, a double long, blowout. Oh, long gas. blowout. A double blowout. Wow, what are the yeah. Chances? Oh, I wonder how like half of like you know my car's chassis has been sawn through like. Yeah, I mean, there's a late, there's like a very late. Oh, wow, the the uh, the, the film, moths but... really got to that one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, well, you it's, should, it's you like should in have the living daylights where Bond says, "Oh yeah, salt corrosion to the same thing," you know, like pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But like, how stupid that was, and uh, who knows? She let the rust. She let the rust get a bit too yeah. far on there. Yeah, salt corrosion. Oh, that's a classic thing you see in a mechanic shop, you know, like. I've got about the salt corrosion line, man. That's quite good. But yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway, so Bond uh, very generously offers to give the pretty blonde lady a lift um, to the to the next petrol station, or whatever. While he's doing so, you know, he's like proper exposing her, man. He's like really like you know making her because he's like you know oh, and and he does it in such like a a charming way, you know, like he's like oh, you know, oh hunting season is it? Yeah, I've got a rifle just like that one, and she's like. No, it's my ice skates. It's like, oh, beautiful sport. Where do you ski? You know, and then she's like, oh, here. And she's like, oh, I didn't know there was ice this time of year. You know, and then yeah, yeah, she's, as just, well as she's like sweating, man. She's like, oh, uh, here's somebody to leave me. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, she's my completely saved by. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he looks up and he's yeah, TM. That's right. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, she's completely well, saved by the proximity of that petrol station. Yeah, <laughs> Because Bond's got her, like, in the palm of his hand, man. He's just, like, toying with her, man. <laughs> he just lets her go. But I loved it, man. And then what I loved later on is that when she gets out, Bond hands her the, the case. Because she goes, yeah, I can look after myself. And he goes, I'm sure you can, handing her the gun, you know. I think yeah, that's, I like the... I, um, I, I kind of like the first thing as well. When he, like, when he comes to after the crash, like, 
like he tries to introduce stuff, you know, like name's Bond, right. James, and she like she cuts him off. She's like, yeah, that's cool. Like, can you get me? To the yeah, she's station? having none of it, man. As yeah. quickly as possible. Yeah. Um. Okay. So anyway, so Bond uh, goes back to tracking where Goldfinger is, and he uh, rocks up at Auric Enterprises. So that's cool. Um, Bond sits there. Um, this is the unglamorous part of Bond, you know, because you see him, he's he's there in broad daylight, like waiting there. And then presumably he has nothing to do but sit there for like hours waiting for dark. Perhaps he uh, got in another bit of, you know, practicing with his deck of cards he carries around. Yeah, and, maybe. Doctor No. But, I think, um, yeah. I think he, he popped up there and then like he saw that nothing was going on. But I was interesting that he popped back to like his hotel or whatever and then came Life back in the evening. Because he's wearing different clothes when. Yeah, that, I noticed there, that. So. Maybe he had to change of clothes in the boot of the car, I reckon. But uh, yeah, possible he shot off as well. But it, I don't know. He definitely, yeah, I don't know. Um, so anyway, he he's like uh, overhearing. Uh, he's overhearing like the the uh, Rolls Royce. In fact, I don't think he's overhearing it at this point. Oh, he is actually because they're like Goldfinger's there with uh, with Ling. There's some scientist, right? Dr. Ling, I think. Maybe Dr. He's doppelganger. Yeah. Um, and obviously he's... Uh, and then he's explaining how he's like... How he smuggles the gold. Because that's the whole mystery to this point. Because that's the whole crux of the yeah, plot. Yeah, how does he it's Like, oh, you know, if we can prove that he's doing this illegally, then we can, like, shut him down. And so anyway, that reveals to be the actual Rolls-Royces, like, from... Forged gold, basically. Yeah, it's, it's chassis is chassis is like melted down. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Can um, you imagine how, like, how, how, like, he must have to, like, basically pray that it never gets scratched and, like, no one sees yeah. this gold. Well, on it doesn't it. matter because it like, gets melted like, down anyway. Yeah, exactly. Just be oh, like, but yeah, yeah it would expose that it's gold. In, like, yeah. cust- oh, very interesting uh, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You've got the best chauffeurs, you know. Well, Mm, yeah. <laughs> he could just well, get he probably doesn't drive around in it always so like you know mm. he's probably got many other cars just goes shopping with it and someone just nicks it on the side mm. yeah someone steals the hood ornament you know <laughs> that's like 10 grand gone but um obviously the most important thing in this scene is that Bond overhears the word Operation Grand Slam yeah and uh you know that's that's important for later on yeah Grand Slam um so then obviously bond he's like back up on the hilltops and then uh like he sees he hears like a rustle in the trees and then like uh, again like an assassin has come out with a rifle and then he goes and like stops stops the assassin but then like triggers the alarm and yeah again man bond is screwing it up for other people like i know he he needs aura goldfinger alive and she wants him dead and they explain this but bond is like you know he 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 basically costs two, like imagine yeah the he's mother. like wiped out a bloodline basically like yeah imagine the parents <laughs> of like Jill and Tilly Masters imagine like the yeah. Masters parents man Bond is single handedly basically got well, them both killed but well yeah pretty much well to be fair he does there. like try I mean that that's that I mean with Jill Masters yeah it, like he definitely caused her but yeah. with this he didn't know there was you know an alarm there and he tries to save her in the car and no, so no not really because first of all Henry if we can agree that he's largely responsible for Jill dying 
If he wasn't, then Till would have nothing to come. Tilly wouldn't have nothing. To yeah, come that's back. true. But but he does. So until he's there, her. she's like obviously grieving to the point where she's gone and like thrown away her life just to go and kill this like gold yeah, finger chick. as well. But like you know, he helps her get away in his car, and you know he's like you know like I'll I'll, I'll stay and shoot these guys. You can like you know run. Yeah, send her to her death. He, she's he, the one that yeah, dies. but he doesn't yeah, know literally. the odd jobs. Good, like you know, like yeah, but I don't know, man. Like Bond definitely he uh, sends her, he. He sends her off at like such an inopportune time. He's like, yeah, run exactly. that way. Well, yeah, it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Bond's, yeah, definitely a piece of shit for this, you know, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> causing like his, yeah, indirectly causing these deaths. Um, and, and there's, yeah, because he's like, oh, uh, I knew your sister, you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah, well, basically you're the reason I'm here then, you know, it's pretty yeah, much cool your stuff. Thing. So yeah, yeah. Like yeah also, you told well. her car for no reason, but anyway. yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's also like, oh, she's also like, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to kill Goldfinger, and then he's yeah, like, yeah, she's you know. so posh as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, you're a lousy <laughs> shot. Yeah. Goldfinger, he killed my sister. Yeah. Well, uh, well. Anyway, <laughs> what we do get, Are we can get the um, first car chase of yeah. the whole series, basically. No, not the whole no, series. No, we do get the car chase. No, you know. Yeah, that's not really, doesn't really count. That's it's not like really a car action. chase, even though there are two cars chasing listen, each other. Just because it's shit, it doesn't mean it's not a car chase. It yeah, exactly. is a car chase. Yeah, exactly. Like, just because it wasn't right. a, uh, it was a shit saw trap, it's still a trap. <laughs> yeah. Um, great analogy, Henry. Just what I was thinking. Yeah, thanks. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is, this is, do you know what I found really interesting? First time I noticed this, and, and it happens a few times throughout this film, with the golf course as well, the golf scene, but also this one, more surprisingly. There's no music in this scene. There's no music, which I found fascinating because this is like a, an absolutely a classic moment where you would have some soundtrack. And they made a, a conscious decision not to do that, which I think is really interesting because it doesn't, it certainly doesn't take away from like how memorable the scene is. Um, and this is a really classic one because Bond, obviously, he's in like the ultimate car. He's being chased by like, Finally, by the way, they found like the budget for some actual Asian actors to play the Asian characters. Mm. But uh, unlike a Doctor No, but yeah, they're like pursuing him. You know, they're shooting at him, and he's he's got all the bells and whistles. He uses the oil and the smoke and the the mm. bulletproof shield. You know, um, yeah. So up until this point, they really have a thing for saying like you know, there's Chinese involvement in this. You know, just like mm. they're just right, they're just ready to pounce on the collapse of the West. So they're yeah. like happy to sign up. You know, like yeah. Yeah, um, like one when Tilly Masterson dies, like when I was little, I thought like um she actually got behind. Yeah, yeah, I, I was wanting to tell her. this. I want to finally put this to bed because I it's shot in such a weird way because she's wearing a black turtleneck. And I they I wish they put her in just any other costume because it just doesn't because he looks down at her and it looks like a severed head on the ground, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but her neck's clearly been <laughs> yeah. snapped, doesn't it? No, yeah. it's not clear at all. That's the problem. I know it's not, it's like it wasn't clear for me. Darkest, the then. darkest set you could possibly have. No one flashes a torch on her or something. Just like, just to be, just to. I agree with you, Tom. It it does look like she's been decapitated, and that is what it's fair to be led to believe that because that's what happened to the statue earlier, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. statue. If that hadn't happened, like, then it's like okay, one. you know. But because you saw the statue get decapitated, and then you see this head on the floor it's really it fucks with you man and it's like i don't know if that, that i have to assume that's deliberate but i don't know i don't yeah, know well they definitely couldn't include a severed head in the film that's well, for sure yeah. i think i think 
well, her, her neck must have been broken by it. But also, um, like, like we're also missing, you know, a bit of like, you know, um, DB5 gets to show off some of mm. its gadgets by this point. Like, you know, the the bulletproof shield uh, at yeah. the back. Before and, they had uh, bulletproof glass. I yeah, find exactly. that so funny though. It's so it's so um, clunky, isn't it? You know, because you got bulletproof glass is like the obvious solution, and they obviously the technology advanced enough they have that. But back then, they obviously had nothing like that. So it's like this. It's really ugly, actually. It's just this metal plate which slides up, gives you like actually quite little cover, unless you're. I mean, you know, in their situation, when you're inside the car, it's probably quite good. But again, it only covers one angle, so that's quite. You know, it just. I. It's almost comical in a way. I, I know it's. <laughs> this iconic car but actually that one in particular for me is just a bit like ah oh, you know yeah um that that actually must really limit like the boot space and stuff because that's presumably yeah. that's where it goes down right so pretty yeah. makes it really that's impractical probably not it's only a sheet it just needs a little bit of hydraulics to go up and down no but that's got to be a really thick metal heavy sheet as well right and the mechanics within to actually be able to lower and raise like I said, it it's well. just simple hydraulics man you know like in the 60s, in, a, Wait, in the back well, of an Aston Martin. Q could have made it work, man. Well, yeah, I'm sure Q made it work. Well, he did, we know that. Yeah, he's got like um, a tiny tracker, you know, he managed to make, so. So anyway, Bond, Bond's obviously shaken and stirred by what happens, so uh, he kind of surrenders um, in his state of shock, having killed, you know, two sisters now. Not killed, but, you know. Led to their death. Um... Uh, so anyway, this this also confuses me a little bit. Like every time, what I mean, you give it a miss because of what it leads to, but just the fact yeah. that Bond is allowed to go and drive his like obviously very <laughs> dangerous car again. They let him back in the driver's seat with just like one guy with a gun to his head. Presumably they think that's enough, which is probably a fair assumption. But... Yeah, I mean this guy is like a moron as well. Yeah, like, he has no he ball, just... man, because he Bond is super <laughs> first sign of resistance. He does nothing. He just like yeah. yeah. He drives off closer, you know. <laughs> he drives off to start with, and this guy's like, you know, he's like confused, you know. He's like, like yeah, I don't know. He's supposed to know. do that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, is he supposed to? He's like, oh, I'm really gonna do it, you know. Like, yeah, he just, he just <laughs> like yeah. moves a bit closer with the gun, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, the guy's like confused. He's like, no, this is what's supposed to happen. You and know? Bond like, is so like, yeah, you're done, mate. You know, like, you know. It's it's great that you see him like pull up the thing and bang, you know. Yeah, the guy like, looks down. and He's like. Oh, it's like definitely worth like mentioning, by the way. Shit, you know, like... Yeah. It's definitely... Actually, we'll come back to it. But yeah, because... Um, Bond... Well, actually, no, we will. Because when... Because pa... Bond is between two of the, like, henchman cars, right? So he's driving. And they pass through the gate, and there's, like, this old granny there, this sweet old granny. I think this is yeah. just one of the best moments, which yeah, yeah, no one exactly. really talks about, but I think everyone does love. Because she's, she's there, she gives him a little curtsy as well, you know this sarcastic kind of interaction and then um and then bond goes and like that's he's he actually that's, the, the, fi gun, that's the final insult for bond you know that's like the straw that broke the camel's back because <laughs> then he goes and like drives off and does this mad shit you know it's um, like god fingers mum or something just yeah. With, like, <laughs> yeah yeah you know gate duty or get on payroll you know like yeah. yes yeah like he ejects the guy and he goes off on his spree or whatever I think it's worth, sorry, just before you go on, um, just talking about the ejector seat, the fact that someone had to actually cut a hole in the top of an Aston Martin DB5 to achieve that. And it broke the guy's heart because he had to, like, not just the metal ceiling, but also, like, all the leather upholstery and on the inside as well. It's just, like, mm. can you imagine having to do that, man? It's, like, one of the most beautiful and, like, most expensive cars in the world at the time. 
you have to like butcher it like that. That must have been soul destroying, man. Albeit for like a very iconic scene. Yeah, exactly. And I just love the bit, like you know, he he goes off on his rampage. You know, he drives back up. He drives like you know past this you know guard post again. She pulls out like a like because all the other guys you know they've got their pistols. She's got like a full on Tommy gun, man. Like she yeah, probably does the most damage so to his car out of any of them, you know. Like. Yeah, it's so good, man. And she's just there, like she's gone from this like sweet old granny to like this like mad killer. I love that. Man. Yeah, it's like it's like you know like you know the comedy like, as well. There, you know, it's, it's like you know in so Terminator Two with that chain gun, you yeah, know. Yeah, man. Like it's just got this Gatling gun out of nowhere, man. It's brilliant. She's it's like carrying brilliant. the. She's carrying the team as well because like if you see it like in the projection on the front of like the car when james bond's kind of driving around in it you see how close these asian like whatever guards are and like none of them are even like pointing their guns or whatever they're so close and like they just don't have i don't know do they not have like ammunition or something and then it's like they don't they don't shoot but it's so easy from that point i guess to shoot whoever's driving and they just don't and it's left down to this granny yeah. It's granny just to like not pay try to give a shit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> what well, and then obviously Bond, he's like driving through the complex. And what's ironic to me is the fact that the funny thing with is with with this car, it's so like famous and so like, iconic, but then it doesn't actually do him any favors, really. It doesn't actually get him out of a hot spot. He gets caught twice when he's driving it. If anything, it's his least efficient car because it literally like it's not the car's two hundred percent failure, right? Yeah, exactly. In this it film, doesn't get though, him out of the situation. Film, so. It actually gets someone. It gets his friend killed, and then well, it gets it's not him the car's captured fault, man. twice. Like, that's his fault. It is his fault. It's his misuse of the car, but he gets captured twice with this vehicle. Well, to be and fair, the only, thing, the only thing that could stop his DB5 was another DB5, even if it wasn't a mirror. Yeah, it's, it just, yeah it's that's really that weird. This car that everyone is so famous, probably the most famous car of all time, gets foiled by a mirror. That's all it well, takes. Well, that's his fault, you know? <laughs> again. Yeah, right? it's his fault, but I just find that funny. It's really like, good, though. Like... like When Oddjob notices, he's almost bemused by it. He looks up in the mirror, he's like, oh, <laughs> you know? I think it's quite funny. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's no way they installed the mirror, being like, "Yeah, someone drives through." Right, and, right. Your like, object just looks up. He's like, "Oh, okay." But even well, that, I remember that as a kid seeing that. Like, that was a good, like, you know. Yeah, it was like, great. Proper tense, you know, the music. Yeah, because you don't know what's going on. Like, Bond yeah, basically chickens plays chicken, really. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, he, like, you know, yeah. he takes a shot at it. Nothing happens, you know. Like, it's like, you know, it's like when they're shooting at the dragon tank, you know, almost like like back in Doctor No, but like nothing stops it, you know. But in this case, it can't even like shatter and like you know wander lights because he literally. It's, can't. it's just occurred to me because it's such a Hollywood trope, like you know playing chicken, right, with like uh, two vehicles going head to head, and someone has to, or even in life actually that happens, right? Yeah. Um, but in this case, it's funny because it's like the spin on it is that Bond is effectively playing chicken with himself, even though he doesn't realize it. That's what's happening. Isn't that funny? Hmm. Yeah, so what's then, he going to uh, go through the wall? Yeah. Um, so anyway, and he survives that like relatively intact crashing into like a brick wall in the yeah in the yeah Lots factory house. What's also interesting is the fact it happens throughout this film, but Bond actually fails many times during this film, which is quite interesting. Not everything goes his way at all. At all. This is a film where like a lot of things like he 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 gets caught, he gets like he fucks up a lot many times in this film. He fails a lot in this film. Um, but then obviously keeps plugging away in the, you know, British spirit. Um, yeah. Anyway, now, now, now we really... This is a great scene. 
This is the scene, man. This is like this laser table. Bond wakes up on a table made of gold with a massive laser pointing down at him. Gold fingers there. Now, now this is a bone I have to pick finally with this film. This is a platform. This is like the point. This is why I founded the channel, man, to like pick bones like this on an act, have a formal discussion about this. Mm-hmm. Goldfinger tells Bond, you've been recognized by one of your opposite numbers, shall we say, who also has license to kill. Who the hell is he referencing there? I've yeah, never I didn't get this. that. I was like, huh? Tom, can you help us at all? Or is it just one of those? I mean, I'm, I, I mean, at least with Red's grant, like, um, there was Spectre that was like an organization probably could find like another agent and like get some info out of them. But with Goldfinger, it's really just him and his business. Like, and yeah, I don't know. Like maybe, I don't know. Maybe he like, not sure. Maybe he like, um, I think maybe he could be lying. Like he like, c- cause I don't know. He just wants to get inside Bond's mind or something and make him give up or confess. Like, cause they actually do did that in uh, older interrogation scenes from like mm-hmm. World War II and stuff. Um, they'd like pretend to like get mm-hmm. information from stuff so that other people would crack basically who they're interrogating. So like, I think really what happens that they like looked in his car and stuff and probably might have found some idea or whatever. And then, they would have been like, oh, yeah, so he's like an agent or whatever. And presumably, yeah, he because he says like many people have tried to involve themselves in my f- affairs unsuccessfully. So he probably knows he's probably quite used to it, actually. And then so he's trying to like get inside Bond's head by like saying for me, at least. Oh, yeah, we we got information basically from one of your other agents. And well, so know. that's probably meant to break James Bond down. He's like, yeah, or something. I don't know. Well, you know. off, I think what you've said there is makes sense, and it's probably the most generous possible explanation you can give for the writers who, by 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 a great chance, here have, have like cocked up there. But what throws me off is the fact that he adds, "Who also has license to kill?" That is that such like a specific. It, it, I, I don't. I, I, it frustrates me how that just doesn't. And yeah, yeah this that's might probably be... the best explanation you can give to it. Like, okay, he's trying to fuck with him. I don't know. Well, yeah, this might be. Uh, it could be the uh, previous James James Bond on that random Casino Royale TV serial played by that American actor. You know? <laughs> Maybe it was yeah. him. And it's, also, it's... I like to I like to imagine like. With the uh, him referencing, he's dealt with previous people like this. Like maybe that's why he installed the mirror in there. You know, like Son also was driving around in his warehouse, and he's like, you know, wouldn't it be funny if they went down this one alleyway and crashed their car like this? You know, get a good laugh out of it. Well, listen, if anyone knows like the explanation to this, please, please tweet me, man, or like leave a YouTube comment because I, I, I'm that has always annoyed me. Ever since I noticed that line, I've gone like, what does that mean? Um, maybe he's so, just yeah. doing it just to like fuck with him like he doesn't mean anything he's just to be like yeah he's fucking with me like 60 knows. years later <laughs> you know like <laughs> I don't know yeah. maybe <laughs> but, girlfriend um, just said that to troll people you know like I think a... it's definitely worth saying as well um, I, I can't help watching the scene without remembering the Simpsons parody of it as well with yeah, Scorpio yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene that's one of my what, favorite Simpsons what, ever man um, it's, it's quite fun it's quite funny because he like introduced like his uh laser and he's like mm. considerably more practical and mm. i kind of 
we see later, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. it pop yeah. up. But I think compared to a car that has all those gadgets, it's not really like really practical. Like, what would you use a late a giant industrial laser like that for on a daily well, basis? Can DB five uh, break into Fort Knox? We we didn't so. get to see that. Maybe. Oh, I, I wouldn't write it off that quickly, but you know. It's like the laser single-handedly does it either. It plays a part. Yeah, but... yeah, I know. But still. But and anyway. He, like, he makes a point of the fact it can project a spot on the moon, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And... When you need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just like, you know, he just draws like Goldfinger was here on the surface of the moon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's worth, I mean, obviously, you know, we have one of the most famous lines of cinema history here when Bond goes, you know, Bond's square. The back and forth here as well, because... This is a point where the dynamic is just completely... Bond has nothing. He's just sat there. He's sweating. He's blagging. He's, he's doing... He's, like, really, like... He's yeah, really his, on the here, you know? His balls are literally on the line for this. Literally, exactly. And and he's there. And he's got... He's, he's finished, you know? And, and Goldfinger, he's he's got all the cards now. He's, like, whatever. And it just... And the dialogue here is is absolutely superb. Yeah, it's like, well, it's like, oh yeah, 008 will replace me. It's like, I'm sure he'll be more successful. Than yeah, <laughs> there's so many. Not only is these lines, so there's a lot of Sigma line material here. Yeah, as well. yeah. It's like, yeah, when, yeah I love as I'm well, sure like, he'll be more successful. Now he's the one mocking Bond, you know. Yeah, yeah and he, he says well. like, you know, well, well, yeah. he knows what I know, and he's like, you like, you know, nothing. Mr. Yeah, he goes <laughs> yeah, off to yeah, chat, and then he says, it, you know, like, he says like right. one of my one of my favorites from the scene is like. There's nothing you can talk to me about with yeah. that I don't already know. And then, like, yeah. that's it. And then, of course, um, the, the big climax. daddy of them all. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Which is just, you know, just just great. And very Sigma as well. Standard yeah. setting, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, like, one thing I really like as well is, like, he goes on this, like, low-key autistic rant about gold and, like, yeah. his love for it. And he's like, I've been obsessed with its colour and its divine eminence, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> he's like, he <laughs> literally, and then it's just, all he cares, I will work with any enterprise that will increase my stock. Like, that's really Sigma line yeah. he's got I, there. I, yeah, I like, he's a billionaire Yeah, I like as well, like, the little, it's just a little bit of, like, you know, Gutfrob's acting here as well, like, the way, like you know, get yourself a guy who looks like looks at you like he does a gold man. Like he like <laughs> he literally looks at it like you know like it's his girlfriend or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. he doesn't look at anyone else like that in this film. Like you really buy the fact that he is you know this invested in gold. Definitely, Gertrude is amazing in this film, man. I think it's worth obviously talking about um, how they technically achieved this shot as well because first of all, it was like very revolutionary for them to have like this laser on screen. If, if I'm not mistaken, it might be the first ever laser used on a film ever. I think that's, I, I, I unfortunately I have the exact, um, you know, fact for you, but yeah, that's, who knows? no, no, that's, that's, that's actually proper though. That's the first like functioning laser or something like that. But obviously to achieve the effect itself of the, the laser being, um, you yeah, know, they had a welder underneath, right? Yeah. The, there's a, a guy with a welder underneath. Uh, yeah. Like blow a blowtorch basically yeah. burning underneath. And then obviously on the top, they added the effect in post, which is really cool. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, that's why you see the flame from above, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Out it's top. still, it's so cool. And the it's tension, such a good effect. The though, music. Well. Oh, yeah. mate. There's two scenes in this film. There's this one, and then there's the basically the scene at the end. 
but the tension man and like i remember this i i'll mention it at the end actually but i just think it's and you really like yeah bond's finished man you know yeah like i literally couldn't watch this like that's how like right there you go and um and obviously like when we're kids you know you don't really fully grasp what's on the line at that moment as well but then there's a point in life where you kind of go ah like (laughs) that's that's why he was sweating so much. There's that as well, you know. It's like literally gonna slice his his fucking split his ballsack apart first, you know, and, and then the rest of him. Yeah. So yeah, that would be yeah, that would go up like that. Take a really long time to actually kill him, I think. Like yeah, exactly. That'd be exactly yeah. Imagine insane. imagine if they you know if in you know if, if when Sorex comes out, they should do this for real, but it actually does split someone open. I think they well they effectively did that with the pendulum trap right yeah and it would like also run for the entire film's runtime you know like yeah yeah this isn't it funny that we see more C and BT in Bond than we do in Saw yeah basically uh, anyway uh, yeah yeah and as well like yeah he's like oh yeah when he says oh Operation Grand Slam for instance and he's like yeah right. well you know you might have just overheard that you know and then he's just which like, he literally did yeah he's like oh can't possibly mean anything to him. He's like, can you take that chance? And he's just like... It's so good. It's so good because, like, no matter what... But Bond tries to throw everything at him because, like you say, he's, his life is on the line, man, and more. And, um, and but, you know, and he's, like, trying to... He can't charm his way. He can't flirt his way. He can't fuck his way out. He can't do anything. He's, like, he's brown bread, man. And then he just pulls out... He's, he's, he's cl- clutching at straws, man, or... The Italian like uh, the Italian version of that is like grasping at, uh, at uh, razors. It's much more oh, extreme, yeah. but that's really what Bond's doing: clutching at razors. Man, he's like, and he just throws out, yeah, because he's like, yeah, I'll 008 will replace me. He knows what I know, and he, you know nothing. He'll be more successful. Um, oh, what about Operation Grand Slam? And then and then Goldfinger correctly predicts that he goes, well, you probably just overheard that. And it means nothing to you or any members of your organization. And then all Bond can you afford to take that chance? And he just, I think they almost make eye contact, don't they? Yeah, and, yeah. But then he, like, the thing is, I don't get. It's like, well, I don't, it's not. I don't get. It's like it almost like leads you into believing he doesn't care because he goes back to talking with them, and then yeah, he's like exactly. making a decision. Like, yeah, music's still going. Talking about what he's gonna have for dinner, you know. But Goldfinger's like so in control, man. And what I love as well is that Bond says that he's played his last card, basically. And Goldfinger, he takes his time as well. He doesn't like sort of straight away situation. He has a little chat, you know, with the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, what do you, you know?" Like, it's so the tension is unbelievable, man. And then eventually, <laughs> and you see Goldfinger, he he doesn't give a shit. He's laughing, man. He's like, "Oh yeah, you know, that'd be funny, you know. Let's fuck with him a few more seconds, you know." And then and then eventually gets it turned off, you know. And the music and everything, oh. And he Bond, could have like, oh. and we're all bonded at that moment. Yeah. We're all like, oh, you know, he's like, well, <laughs> you're more useful to me alive. Yeah, yeah. He could have like, he could have like really, um, just like quizzed him about it. Honestly, like he'd be like, oh, so what do you know about it? And then he's like, so the fact they left yeah, him well, alive and said, yeah, yeah, um, we'll. Uh, he, the fact he left him off is like you're more worth to me alive. Like if I feel like that, even that line, can you afford to take a chance? Like didn't throw at him at all. So he was mm. he probably came up with some ulterior plan or whatever. And he's like, yeah, actually, let's keep him alive. I don't feel yeah. like that line was what saved Bond. 
And you know, it's funny you mention that, Son, because I think I think you're actually right because he goes on to obviously add Bond into his plot, and the person he's speaking with is that Doctor Ling guy, isn't it? Yeah, it and is, that's, and that's how Bond gets involved in Goldfinger's own scheme later on. I think you're right. I think maybe Doctor Ling suggests something. Goes, well, what if we keep him alive? We can use him like this, and then Goldfinger goes, "Oh yeah, let's do that." Yeah, that'd be really know. funny. That's know. a really good point, actually. That's something I know. I, this is why this is why the minute podcast is what it is, man. Because like we, this is the the far out stuff we get to, the conclusions we come to, man. It's so good. Yeah. So well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he does like a little bit of a fake out, like yeah, guy, not like, only that because he goes, "You're worth more to me alive," and then this guy comes with a massive gun and shoots him. Yeah, but yeah, obviously, yeah. Which, uh, oh, is he dead? We'll find out. Yeah, in the meantime, yeah, but it's time. Tom, as you said, Goldfinger didn't quiz him, but I'm going to quiz you. I want to play a game. So uh, I will introduce you again to License to Quiz. I give you both seven questions for you to uh, battle it out so you can answer them uh, more accurately. And uh, so far, um, Tom has won both of them uh, by uh, increasingly smaller margins. But we'll see if uh, we'll see if James can. Uh, yeah, by least... by the tr- by the tr- yeah by the trend of two films, we got that correlation. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh... <laughs> well, it's two nil, man. But in football, two nil is the most dangerous scoreline. So let's see if that's yeah, true. I've, I've heard that said. Yeah. I'm ready. Oh, I'm no... confident, man. Henry, hit me. All right, go on. Go on, go on myself. So, first question for you two is: What was the size of the budget for this film at the time in dollars? According to where, like IMDb, probably right. The first, yeah, basically, essentially the first thing you look up. What about Wikipedia? <laughs> I've not, I've got well, you on that right now, Tom. Well, the budget no, for I've never was one million, this. right? For Dot to Know, it was one million, for Rush okay. of Love, it was two million. Uh, I'm gonna go with what's well, on you go first. Um. I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm, I'm terrible with these budget things. Uh, if I had to guess, significantly more, but not like blockbuster. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm just gonna say maybe fifteen million. I'm not sure. James, I'm gonna go. Oh, it's tough, man. I wanted to. I want to say. Tw- I don't know. I have to go either higher or lower than Tom, and I want to say twenty million because there was, was a lot of expensive that, shit but... in this film. But twenty million was a lot of money back then, uh, in the sixties. Fifteen million is such a good guess. I can tell you that this had a. This was considered a, a like a relatively large budget for a film back then. I they think I'm going to go higher than what Tom said. I am going to go. I'm going to go oh, eighteen million. Unfortunately, neither of you are even close, but Tom's closer. It was only three million. Really? Oh, it's oh, man. In, wow. in modern day money, that was twenty-six million, but didn't didn't three yeah, million. Yeah. Three million. I mean, only looking three at times it, you wouldn't more than think so. Though. That's like, mental. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm pretty sure that bit in Switzerland was filmed in Pinewood, but we yeah. don't know. So, Makes sense. Anyway, well, I, I so, was just thinking the Aston Martins because they obviously had more than one there. Yeah. Oh, surely well, a it's lot also of money a went into that placement, man. Like so, you know, they probably gave Products. them for, yeah. either a oh, discount yeah. or for free. You know, like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, free Aston yeah. Martin. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's James Bond, man. Like, for much for love, by the way, you know, it wasn't, you know, exactly like, you know, an unknown film. It was pretty, you know, made a, made a decent amount of money. But speaking of the second question, how much money do you think this made at the box office? Uh, well, I'll go. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. Cause... It was more than three million dollars. Mm, yeah, um, I'm gonna say. I think. I think it was maybe about three. I'm not sure. Like I know it did really well, but not as well as others. Uh, I think maybe three hundred, three hundred fifty million. I'm really not sure. I'm gonna go. Uh, it, it won't have been that. I'm gonna go. 90 million. Well, that goes to James because you're cool, you're relatively close. It was 125 million, which wow. if you convert to today's money, wait for it is 1.17 billion. Wow. So that's a lot if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it'd be around 100 million, yeah. Okay, I'll take yeah. that. So you're both tied at the moment. Uh, okay. yeah, if it was like 300 million back then it would literally be like the highest grossing film ever. But anyway, so, how much gold does Goldfinger actually have in terms of like total value? They mention it at some point during the film. Um, like his net worth, effectively. Then, yeah, basically, how much is bullion is worth? I think it was like sixty million. I'm gonna go with sixty well, million. Think, um. My mind's a blank on this one because uh, when I was watching, I watched it sped up like towards the end because I was running out of time. But um, um, God, that's sacrilege, man! Oh no, I know. Just deduct I know, a point no, for like, that. <laughs> um, no, um, I don't know. I'm honestly lost. I'm just gonna say, I know, three hundred million dollars. Go with the old number that nah, James James was far closer in this. Oh. That was uh it was twenty million. Twenty million which okay. yeah, even in when today's money, that's hundred and eighty eight million. Hmm? When did they, they said say it, that? Colonel though? Smithers said so if you paid attention to I knew I thought it would have been there, yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. well I'm in the I'm in the lead now, two one. That's two one to oh, James. Yeah. So. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, enjoy that. <laughs> I <mood>. am. <laughs> now, this is uh if you're paying attention double oh seven. What was the range on the Aston's radar? Oh, oh, oh the range. I think what? I know this. <laughs> well, in miles, much. was it? In miles. I think I got, um, I know, I, I believe it was 80 miles. 80? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that correct or should I guess, Henry? You have to remember what Desmond Llewellyn said. Eighty miles. I don't. I can't. It can't have been that much. But then, I'm going to go with uh, lower than I'm going to go. I'm going to go uh, seventy-nine miles. <laughs> I know he didn't say that. <laughs> no. Tom, Tom was Tom was closer, but that's not even not even that close. One hundred and fifty miles, so which is oh, quite. Oh, okay. So that's two all between you. All right. Okay. So, I would like you to to see who can get uh, Goldfinger's car more accurate. What model was it of a Rolls Royce Phantom? Because uh, Bond does mention he does, the full yeah, name man. of it, essentially. Oh 
shit, man. All I remember is Rolls Royce Phantom. If neither of you can answer this, I've got a bonus question on top of this to ask you. Mm. I think uh, you can you no, can no, answer no, either me... one of these for this one. How much okay. gold? How much gold do you get out of it when you melt it down every time, according to Goldfinger? Oh, I remember it was twelve. What in what unit was it? It was twelve of whatever unit. In tons. Twelve tons. Oh, I know that. I know that. Two tons. That's all right, Tom. James, if it was a twelve-ton car, I wouldn't be able to move. So yeah, I know, but like, two ton is the weight of an average car. So surely, yeah, I but think it's that doesn't more if it's gold, right? Well, you should have <laughs> like been paying a, attention. Four you know. Fiesta's two tons, or one. And imagine, a half. imagine if it was you on that laser, you know, bed, and he didn't tell you. Yeah. He asked you how much, uh, how much gold does it weigh? What was what, what model was the car, by the way? It's a Rolls Royce Phantom Three Thirty Seven, the nineteen thirty-seven model. I was going to say Rolls Royce Phantom 3, but it doesn't matter. You know what? Do you know how I know the weight of the car is? Because sometimes people use that, uh, him saying approximately two tons when he's pointing at it, as an example of Goldfinger's so called being dubbed, like completely. Because his lips, according to them, his lips don't really move when he's saying that. So, oh, well. Um, whatever he's just kind whatever of pointing does at it. it. All right. Well, so, my, James, my maybe you enjoyed your lead a bit too much. It's now 3 2 to Tom. Now, there are still two more questions. This this comes on later on in the film, but Bond knocks out a guard in his cell in a rather comedic fashion, mm-hmm. but then they put more in his cell to watch him afterwards, Five. just to make sure. How many were Five. there? Um, James, you answered immediately. I... What was it again? Five. That's correct. Tom, you can't get any closer after that. Anyway. I fucking knew you'd answer that question, man. I was like, I, I, I thought, yeah, this is I was. I had to make sure I, I made a fight of counting. There's one guy, there's like, four, like, and then the little guy comes at the back, so there's a fifth one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like a guy who's nearly off screen at the start, like, <laughs> yeah. you had to make sure that. Sorry, Tom, you just. In, in some of these, if you get it spot on, you got to be fast. Here we go, but this is it. It's 3 3 now. This one for This the really is it. Now, this one you might have to be fast on. How much gold is in Fort Knox? Oh, $16 billion. 15. 15. Uh, is that spot on or can I guess now? It's spot I thought on. I said... Fuck. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah. If, I, if I had to like settle that down, I'd have asked you how much it was in weight, but, you know... Oh, well, I'm I, I'm making progress, man. So obviously. Well, I'm, well, James, did you know what the weight of that goal was? Just, uh, just. No, no. Then no clue. Tom, did you know what it was? I didn't have a no, no clue at all. That involved some mad mental maths. No, uh, no, no, but no, 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 but. Did Sean they mention it? Mentions but Bond it. does 10, say it. Yeah, I remember. 10, oh 000. yeah, two hundred tons, isn't it? Is no, it? ten thousand five hundred, man. That's a Whatever, lot. Man. Fifteen billion I back know. then, man. Like we'll just cut. We'll cut the quiz there, so I look as good as possible. When yeah, yeah, sure, week. sure thing. You know. Well, again, this is uh, continuing the, the trend of James is creeping closer and closer to that eventual possible dub. Um, yeah, three <laughs> nil down. No, no. It's we'll like have it's to see. A bit of but time, isn't it? For for future reference, don't go looking up any box office numbers in the future. No, Just, I kept uh, away from I'll them. I'll catch you yeah, if you yeah, get yeah. it very accurate immediately. Okay. But anyway, you okay. can you can tell you can tell I wasn't doing that because I missed the mark very by quite a big margin both times. So I'm innocent of that. Thankfully, well, as I can as Q says many times, pay attention 007, especially next time. Yeah. Yep. So, that was licensed to quiz. Thank you, Henry. So um, now we return to the. Uh, the plot. So Bond wakes up. 
with he uh, wakes with, up to start with. He wakes up with uh, in the presence, in the gaze <laughs> of pussy galore. God. Yeah, I want to talk to Ian Fleming first thing. Like, why did you name that? Like, come on, man. Oh, was that Ian Fleming's fault? Well, I assume so because he wrote the book. So, in which in, in which she's also a lesbian. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Actually, that's true. James, James Bond, uh, you know, you know, does somehow does conversion therapy, but by being a good enough shag, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's really like it's funny, like because when you see her, the first thing I notice about her is like her face is like doing a somersault. It's like she's trying not to laugh <laughs> yeah. or something. It's like yeah, just uh, like, like yeah. Mexican wave or whatever and then like I'm wondering if like she was told like what her character name was right before she went on set yeah she's, literally yeah, she's exactly. trying to laugh like, about yeah, that's my name it's really weird and like you know because Pussy Galore is like you know generally one of the most famous but and like one of the highest yeah, rated yeah. Bond girls but I actually don't really think she's that good this might be a bit yeah, of a me too, take, but I'm not really like she, I don't, she doesn't sell it to me First of all, she appears like halfway through the film. Secondly, the actress on the Blackman. I, I, yeah, she's sexy, but I don't think she's. A they make great a, they actress. make a thing like about the fact that Honor Blackman's playing, you know, pussy. Yeah, girl. yeah, that's like a big deal, and I'm not seeing that, you know. Yeah, she's like. I will say, like the one, in my opinion, um, just a bit of a, a foreshadowing, almost. I. I do think the one thing that Thunderball is better than Goldfinger on is Bond Girls. Like, they have some really top-tier Bond Girls for me. And, like, Femme Fatales and stuff going on in that film, I think, as well. Might be controversial, but... Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to talk about them. that next week, but yeah, for now... Yeah, we'll get to rank them. That's going to be an yeah. interesting one, though. I'm, I'm yeah, very... I, I think I share the sense of Bond Girls, but... because there are some, like, really exceptional ones, and then there's a lot of shit ones. Um, and, f- yeah, so... Well, well, we'll get there anyway. Pussy, I mean, galore, pussy galore for me is just overrated. That's that's all I'm saying, you know. But um, to be fair, this is this is like I love the great like the first line immediately. It's like like he, she just says like oh, yeah. he's like, like who are you? Like, you know, my name's Pussy Galore. He's like I must be dreaming, you know. Like yeah. <laughs> um, also worth mentioning, Honor Blackman for a long, long time was the oldest bong girl as well right she was in her 40s i believe when she did this 40 40 or 41 yeah she was 40 i think yeah Um, i swear i never knew this is crazy if she's actually in her 40s yeah during this yeah 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 she was yeah for sure she was in her 40s she was the oldest bong girl until monica bellucci in spectre henry's favorite film so um, (laughs) love christoph waltz one thing i love about this scene Moving on a little bit from Pussy Glore. I mean, we do get a few like nod, nod, wink, wink that she is lesbian. Um, yeah, it's like you can tell off the charm. I'm immune. Yeah, it, she even says something wink. before that as well, which implies that I can't remember what it was though. It escapes me now. But anyway, um, we also have her like her underling, My Lee, um, and with her like strange costume, mm-hmm. um, but. What I really like is that Bond uh, Bond asks about his attaché case, which unfortunately didn't yeah. survive the journey. And it was like, oh, you know, it's like that's that's very, it's like it's quite hidden there. And it, I, I didn't, I never picked up on it originally, but like watching it, it's like, oh, that's such a cool little nod to From Russia with Love, you know. And it's just, ah, mm. oh, you know, it's a shame. It's just cool that they acknowledged it, you know. I thought that was yeah, it's, yeah. They never bring it up later on. It's a shame that it didn't become like a recurring thing, but 
Mm. Imagine like Daniel Craig walking around with it, you probably get like spat on or something. Yeah, briefcase wanky, you know that's, that's exactly. in between is, just ruined briefcase. Yeah, you, you couldn't imagine... you couldn't imagine Pierce Brosnan <laughs> with one, like could you? Yeah, yeah. You I thought you said Pierce like... more for some reason. I was like, no, I could. <laughs> He's a briefcase wanker <laughs> like... without a briefcase. Yeah. But um, anyway, it's, it's like you, could, you can imagine it being hands and like wet by someone, and then it just blew up in their face, and they just threw it away or something. Yeah. Maybe. Or I maybe, reckon. Because I, 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 I think like obviously that would have been in the boot of his Aston Martin when it crashed in Oricens prizes. So someone must have gone and picked it up and gone, okay. Um, oh, and then like accidentally the knife shot out or something, or like, oh yeah, this is we're definitely not giving this back to him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe like maybe Odd Job opened it, tear gas flat, and he just didn't, he like didn't phase him. He's just like still smiling. He breathed know. it. He was like, like inhaled it, man. You know. Yeah, it's like ah, oh, fresh <laughs> air, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thrive. This makes me stronger, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Um, I, and I, I think, and you don't even know, man, maybe that fell into the hands of, like, opposition, you know, and they, they, the Russians then developed their own Asashi cases because they, they got their hands on one. Do you reckon, yeah. I don't know. Do you reckon, like, do you reckon they took the gold sovereign zone and gave it to Goldfinger? Yeah, like, definitely. Oh, yeah, was <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that got but, melted yeah. down into, like, a new hubcap for his car or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, I'm still fuming I lost it that license to quiz, man. I should have won that. Well, anyway. Um... So, yes, Bond, um, oh, this is great as well, because Bond, he's, um, he's getting all like, you know, look, to look the part for uh, his meeting with Goldfinger later on. And um, what's cool is that he's in his little cabin sort of thing. Um, Pussy goes and tells, I can't I have to say this out loud. Miley. <laughs> yeah, she tells Miley to go and like keep an eye on him. Yeah, that's Bond, the thing. It's really cool. Bond pulls out the... Home, the little Homer from his from his razor, and then puts it in his shoe, which is really cool. Like it slides up and stuff. Um, and it reminds me of when I was a kid. I don't know if I, I, really, I know what you're gonna talk about. Yeah, you know, we had those like there was that cool like shoe which had like <laughs> you could lift up the sole like from and then you could there's like little compartment you could put a toy in there, and yeah, uh, kind of reminded me of that, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it reminds me of as well. There, there was like there was like one shoe I had like that, and then like they never made them again. I was like, yeah. That was so cool. I felt like James Bond wearing them, you know. Yeah, the problem is that if they them for like adults, they probably just put like you know a bit of like meth in there or something. Definitely, man. That's like the ultimate drug dealer shoe, man. You know. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like the (laughs) yeah, the coin. Yeah, they they, they might catch them in five thousands. You know. One thing actually on a a bit of a different subject. uh, One thing I do like is um, they they play into. Bond gets to like have a little talk about why it's the wrong gun that he she's he's being pointed at. Oh like, yeah, like you're right. pussy galore. Smith so, and Wesson. And I really like it. Like you can like um I like it when James Bond gets like a bit where he gets to um you know go into his expertise and stuff. Because he's like that's that's yeah, what literally. he is. He's like he, he's a specialist when it comes to guns. Yeah. You'd like special when it comes and, to everything, man. You are, yeah, but especially guns because you know it's his job. So. I like it when they actually get to do that. So James Bond isn't really like a blank slate in these films. He's like, gives him a bit more character if, for me anyway. So mm. yeah, I like that. Mm. What I like as well is that in, in Doctor No from Russia with Love, we, we had um, a scene of him in each of those films looking, he's in like a hotel room or something and he's looking around scanning for like, you know, um, tapping devices or like spy holes or whatever. And in this case, we see that, but like in a very different format because he's there 
and he is being spied on actively, and the way he like casually combats each one, and then the yeah. little music cue again. It's I love the music in this film. Just the yeah, the thing is, it's so good. Two things spying on him. So the yeah. first one is like he hangs up the coat in front of them, and then he opens up the suitcase, yeah. and then the last one he sprays the shaving foam on it. I love it. Yeah, the thing the thing that I don't get is though, like, why would Goldfinger have this on his private jet? Like, oh, just in case I bring someone who needs yeah, to be spied point. on in my cabin. Well, and... Goldfinger is very extra. That's one thing we can yeah, like true. definitely. He's so extra, man. He he spares no expense at like being prepared, yeah, he doesn't have being to, impressing like... people and stuff. He's like he's very sophisticated, like that. And the thing I is, reckon, as well, like... or maybe he's just a pervert, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Well. But uh, also one thing as well, like Bond's clearly learned his lesson from Farush with love, you know, like checking for fake mirrors, you know, like just in case. Like, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's that as well. Well, you think he's gonna tug one out there or something? <laughs> Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got this. My like, I got this uh, film of you. You know, like I'm gonna send it to the CIA after you die away. Yeah, that's a great point, man. Yeah, it's like at the end, like oh, Goldfinger. Yeah, you know, I've got you, man. He's like ah, but I have this tape of you jacking off. And I'm gonna send it to M. You know, like all your girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, oh, oh, by the way, when Bond steps out there in that grey three-piece suit, phew, looks amazing. So yeah, that's probably oh, the, the moment where like <laughs> Percy Glaw started rethinking her sexuality. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> like one thing that I really like that I find funny is like when you get like you get this kind of camera shot of like these little horse races and stuff, and it's got this really like weird like. Uh, old timey American music, it's like, yeah, and, and yeah, like when James Bond man, comes yeah. out of the card, like he just steps out and there's like class music players. Yeah, yeah, that's a great like, point. He's come to like, <laughs> reass- he's just he's he's just come to like reestablish like civilization, yeah, recolonize America. <laughs> yeah, although although something that you failed to mention is there's there is a scene in between this where like they actually like you know they they yeah, land yeah, yeah. right. And then like like him and yeah no him and Pussy Girl have like you know like a uh, like a bit of back and forth as well yeah, like right. you know and she's very cool you know because he's like oh mind your step captain and then she like takes off the jumper and there's like there's a gun underneath like yeah keep playing it easy you know like it is good and and, yeah, uh, and as well as like it's, it's but then it's a really stupid moment because then you see like you know basically Pussy's pilots man and it's just like these <laughs> planes which definitely inspired in Captain Scarlet right. But like, um, I was thinking of like you know the thing from Octopus in the start. They're similar. Yeah. They're very similar. Like the oh, flying dude. circus planes. Yeah, pussy no, galore. Pussy's no, no, flying no, circus no, versus. No, no, I know they're not the same. They just look very similar. Like, because they're like you know they're like tiny man. No, no, I, I, that doesn't remind me of that at all. That always reminds me of Captain Scarlet, and the Angels. Maybe, but yeah. um, but anyway. Uh, oh my days! But then it's right. just, it's get, just ridiculous. Get... This is definitely like again one of those moments that you just like this is just really like stupid, you know. You've got like these planes pull up, and then and it, I think it's 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 weird because it's sexist, but then it's 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 also famous at the same time. It's it's yeah, weird. Like, oh yeah, got Bond goes, oh yeah, oh these these are fine chaps, you know. Like oh great, you know. And she's like, yeah, they are. I trained them, and then it turns out they're both they're all like young blonde women, like, and it's. Yeah, we're oh, like, it's all this, like sexy up. music and stuff. It's like the most, yeah, most over the top saxophone music. Really? Just, like, yeah. Dying here of like 60s overdose, you know, like, I'm like, come on, man. Exactly. Yeah. You, that that kind of takes you out of the scene, film. You know? It's one of them, you know, that gif where it's like, 
Yeah, just like <laughs> stop. Yeah. Yeah. Just to remind you you're in the sixties, basically. It's almost so, like they tried to do something feminist and then just like made it even failed. more sexist. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, well, then again, like the last thing as well, like with uh, before Bond gets in the car, like mm-hmm. um, to go off to the uh, the country club, <laughs> like like he's like, oh, you know, like odd job kills little girls like you, and then she does oh, like, yeah. little boys too, you know. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. That's right. up. And just before Bond way... does arrive at Oric Stud, um, yeah. <laughs> we do get a little conversation between M and Felix Leiter, who is chilling out. He is hanging out at nineteen sixties. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, I, this first time every I know. Every time, man. How, you, how cool oh, no, no, are you no. going to say, Tom, by that's, the way? That's, that's, that's a different part of the film, I think. He's, he's no, 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 no you see him twice, but he's hanging out at KFC for like a significant amount of time. Yeah, I was going to say, that's really funny for me. Isn't it? Because like, it just shows like the Americans being lazy and stuff, just hanging out and not like... I mean, fair enough, Like anyone would probably do that, but of course, like in this English film, they'd show the Americans like being lazy and like, you see him there, it's, it's pretty funny, you can see he's got a gut as well, he's just like, I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, It's so, it's so good, man. And um, like, yeah, they're hanging out at KFC, but obviously back then, you know, it wouldn't have been like battery chickens and all that shit, you know, it's like, but still, what do you reckon, uh, here's a quick, here's a quiz for you, Henry, what do you reckon, uh, what do you reckon, uh, K- um, <laughs> what do you reckon uh, Felix Lai's order was at KFC? Do you think he's like a bit of a, does he, does he like wings or boneless strips, you know? No, he, he definitely like... had like a family bucket, you know, like. <laughs> Popcorn chicken, man, you know. I don't know. I would no, I, I know this. Uh, I've never actually really been to KFC before. I've only been once with you. That was it. I never actually got anything. Wow. I never actually been myself. I've eaten it once because someone brought it, but like I, I never went. <laughs> wow. I didn't like physically go there before. Yeah. That's crazy, <laughs> man. I, I love. I love. I, well, I mean, I'm vegan now, but before I was, like, I used to love KFC, man. Even though it's pure shit, you know. I mean, I wouldn't recommend. Uh, well, I wouldn't recommend trying it, but I mean, I, I it, you know, oh, mate. Anyway, let me not well, reminisce about it. Yeah, but I just find it funny, like, but this is back when KFC probably was a bit more of like, I mean, the whole world was a bit more kind of, um, uh, I don't know, fashionable or best dressed, you know, because you got the guys in the suits and stuff and this KFC, it wasn't KFC, it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, it's the like a nice restaurant, you know, it's probably a bit more prestigious than it was now, you know, but yeah. Anyway, I think, yeah, we've spent enough time talking about KFC. Um, yeah, so the amount of promotion they got from it. There's a really funny, like, um, wait, there's a really funny, like, um, line, I think, where, where he pulls up at the ranch and stuff, and then Goldfinger's like, um, uh, there's, he's like, uh, oh, she's a beauty, isn't she? Talking about the animal. Bond yeah, yeah. has like a sigma quote. He's like, certainly better bred than the owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I got that later and it was just really funny to me. Yeah, I know. But then like... Uh, sorry, Lance, I lost you there for a minute. Did, did no, that... Yeah, no, you, yeah, yeah, you died for a second, but it's fine. Like, oh, it's okay. We're just going on about, you know, Goldfinger, you know, Bond just insulting him, like they're saying, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a great, great horse there. Shame about the owner, basically. Like, yeah, it's certainly better bread than the owner. And and that's where Goldfinger's like, fuck you, man. Show him to his courses. Yeah, know, I should have like... killed you back at the laser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it is, it having is, said is, that, having said a, that, Bond, Bond's prison cell, it's like meant to be this really gritty, like, you know, 
like unpleasant place. But now that would pr- probably be like a room in like quite a nice like castle resort or something, wouldn't it? You know, it's yeah. like that'd be quite looks quite com- cozy actually. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, literally like you know eight grand a month in London, you know, renting yeah. under the songs, <laughs> literally yeah. under some stairs. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, um, this is actually where some people criticize have something to criticize the film about actually because of an argument they say is that. James Bond for most of the second half doesn't do anything. He just gets captured and mm-hmm. he just kind that's, of that's not true. He just kind of hangs around. And I know he, I know it's not entirely true, but like I'm I'm being devil's advocate in a way, just like saying what these people say about it. Um and um it was something else I was gonna say, but I yeah, do agree with you there, you know. There was a moment with me where I was kinda of like yeah, he's a bit of a passenger for a lot of this film, you know. And but like I said before, I think it's a good thing because Bond, he try he he fails a lot in this film, and and that's that's what that's quite, what boosts quite, the stakes really. Sorry, that's what boosts the stakes a lot. Like you know, yeah, he makes tries to get a message lot, to yeah. lighter. And this is the thing that that Goldfinger does as well. It's like, you know, he he literally is more valuable to him alive because then. You know, he's on like the private jet, you know, of Goldfingers, and then like M takes this as a great sign, you know. He's like, oh yeah, he's well in there. You know, right. lighter season, chilling with him, and he's like, oh yeah, he's totally fine. He's got us under control. When like, you know, he's like, yeah, send help, please. And then, yeah, uh, like literally, like they don't suspect anything until you know the basically the whether or not the world is saved by this relies on Bond's pulling game essentially. But you know, pretty much. <laughs> um. So then we get Goldfinger, Goldfinger's meeting, basically, which is like, again, one of the epic moments in this film. Yeah. Like um, the proper, no no villain yet really has had like a proper time to explain like his grand plan, you know. I mean, Dr. Yeah. No does a bit, but he doesn't, he doesn't get like, you know, the whole diorama, you know, like miniature set, you know, the whole darkened room and the bombastic speech, you know. Mm-hmm. you know, And so, all the gadgets and stuff. He's in this room and he's like, the the put the snooker tape pool table is like moving and this map comes on the wall and then you know a miniature of Fort Knox rises from the floor. It's so cool, man. You know, like Goldfinger's been playing this for so it's so extra. But what I like is like this the genuine businessman with him as well because like mm. he's got to convince these guys. He's got all these guys who hate each other to work together without knowing it. He's, and then like getting them all to invest in this thing behind each other's backs and then goes, okay, yeah, I owe you all a million dollars. But you can have a million today or ten million tomorrow, and this is how I'm going to sell it to you. He's basically doing like a massive dragon's den. Yeah, it's just a like, pitch meeting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. He goes, he pulls out all the stocks. Um, it's really amazing. It's one of those yeah. scenes, and it's it's so over the top. Looking at it now, it's like it's so like oh, but this is like pioneering for the yeah, time. Yeah, it was so. I don't know. I really like seeing it again as well because Bond's like you know he's escaped to the cell by this point, but he's like he's like listening to it, but. Um, from literally underneath the Fort Knox model. But the thing I love as well, like the the thing that um, Goldfinger kind of opens with the fact that the, um, you know, they have human achievements, you know, like he's yep. gone to the bottom of the ocean, you know, he's fired rockets into space at the moon. They haven't lands on the moon by this point. Split the atom. Yeah, exactly. Split the atom. Like it's been achieved in, like, you know, the zenith of human achievement has been achieved in every field except crime, you know, like, except really crime. Like Sigma grinds what? it. Man. What? Yeah, yeah. I love he that got line. like another. He got like another um, 
I love about this scene is it portrays like it's quite accurate for how sophisticated investors are. Basically, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's like you owe me this, and then they basically have to be calmed down. And um, and one thing I really love, which is also a Sigma quote, is like Goldfinger's like a Sigma machine in this thing mm. for quotes and stuff. He's like. Where's like there are thirty five thousand troops stationed around there. He's like forty one thousand, and uh, yeah. I really like that. But his plan is just to no, deal with it. Counted them myself. As you yeah, can exactly. see, gentlemen, there are forty one thousand troops on this diorama. It's brilliant. What's also fantastic, I I I, lo- I always love this. When, from when I was a kid, man, when I watched this when I was seven years old, man, the when when Bond's in the way Bond gets out of jail here, man, it's so funny. Yeah. It's so good, and it's so like. I feel like no one could pull that off apart from Sean Connery, you know. Like he's there, he's no like other he's, actor could have done this. He's walking back and forth in his cell from the door and then away from it and then back. And he he goes up there, he's making eye contact with the guard, you yeah, know. Yeah, he's like whining, it's like, you know, two doors. Yeah, it does a little, you know, and then comes back, gives him a wink, you know, and then like goes, you know, goes down. And then the the guard and he just like fucks with this guard so well. <laughs> he's like and meantime, he's like scrabbling to like get up on the roof. How yeah, he does exactly. that, I don't know. But we'll let we'll let. It yeah, slide. with no noise either. Like. Yeah, yeah. I, I think <laughs> like, like, I just love it because it totally works, and that would work on anyone. Like, of course yeah. you'd go and like, what what's going on now? You know. The only thing I think, like, the only other Bond actor I think who could have pulled off this mate might have been Roger Moore. You think, like. Maybe. Yeah, it would have been. But I think there's something about Sean Connery's face when he does the smile and then like, yeah, exactly. it's so good. Man. And the music it's as really, well. Like, it, like yeah, the, the music. Yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. This this guard man, he's like, he's not paid enough for this shit. He's just this guy's like, yeah. why? And once sense. again, it's that little music like effect with the gold sort of sound. It's so good. It's so good, man. And the wink, I love it. He literally yeah, winks yeah, yeah. his way out of jail. I mean, he does obviously <laughs> have to take the guy down and fight him and stuff. It's it's cool. It's a really silly way to escape prison, but um, like, at least he doesn't have to climb through any boiling metal pipes with like radioactive water going through it and stuff like yeah, that. So he can, he can escape prison and, and look fashionable in doing so. One, th- one thing I'd, so. Like to, I'd like to add on to that, though, is I reckon in this film, and it's personally you, you might like it you might not personally i don't like it as much but when i think this is the beginning of where james bond kind of becomes like kind of untouchable kind of in the previous two films like he gets really badly like beaten up and stuff like you can see like in dots no he gets like the he's like mm-hmm. his clothes are rags and he's got like a mm-hmm. blood stain there and then he get in from us with love he's like all bloody and stuff from the fight with red grant like you really get the impression that he's had to like fight his way through everything there and like here it, it kind of I, I don't know you probably have to look at it quite closely to notice it but i feel like he's not really like i don't know it feels like because of that it kind of draws away a bit from the threat to uh yeah. james bond personally like, like he gets know, out I, but this is I, his whole I, thing like james bond in this film he's literally larger than life like he's like this is the fantastical element of like this film. It's just like it's because you know, Goldfinger's is kind of you know like he's like you know like the over the top kind of villain, and then Bond in a way he's not, he's not over the top in a bad way, but it's like no, I, I actually I actually disagree with both of you. I mean, I I think visually he's not so obviously under threat. He's not he's not covered in blood or anything like that. Or his clothes are ripped, but he sweats buckets in this film, and there are several moments. 
where he was really under the cosh, more so than it. You know, think about the moments of tension you experienced just on the laser table alone. That learning was, that is more so than you felt for him in Doctor No or from Rush with Love, right? Mm. So I agree yeah, that he looks, maybe, he looks more but... glamorous in these films, sure, in this one. But I think he, the actual threat level is is much higher. I think they just do less damage. To, they just show less damage on him. So it wow. kind of tricks you into believing that he's like untouchable. But he's he's really up against it in a lot of and a lot of times. And like I said, he fails a lot in this film as well, including in this so, film. Like probably he's under the Fort Knox thing. You just see his eyes there, and he's writing down notes. And then gets literally his legs taken out from underneath him by Pussy Galore, you know? And it's like, you know, he gets... <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he literally eats shit, man. He, like, slams into yeah. the... Uh, and that, that was painful, the sound effect for that, by the way. You know, it's like, oof, you know. Yeah, yeah they probably made him do it for real or something. Or Bob Simmons stood in, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well, though, like... Then again, I think probably... Is that the laser table or when Red Grant literally has a made, like, proper gunpoint across the room that, like... Mm -hmm. those must be the two like you know most tense parts so far like because like i mean yeah you know most time you are yeah you just wrestle a gun off of someone but like red grant does not let him like you you, yeah like put your hand like don't get up don't move anything Mm -hmm. like any like because he's not a moron you know unlike your average henchman but anyway so anyway Uh, yeah yeah. back to goldfinger's meeting he's there and he tells you know he's like yeah he's got he's got everyone on board except for mr solo so, uh, you know, he stands up and he goes, he's like the really thick one of this group, but also not in a way. But it's weird because he's like, no, nah, I, I don't, uh, I'm out, you know, I'll just take my million now. And the other guy's like poking fun of, oh, it's too big for you, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, but, you know, that's that's actually kind of useful for Goldman because like they're shaming yeah. this one guy and it means that none of them else are going to go out. Otherwise, they'll be shamed too, you know. Right, right, right. So anyway, so Goldfinger goes, oh, we need to respect his decision. Let me just take care of him now. Um yeah, take great care. And of then, it. like, it's weird because Solo technically lives longer than all the others because they all get immediately gassed. It's like, why did Goldfinger go to the trouble of like? I know Goldfinger's really extra, but this is like really, really extra, man. He goes to the trouble of like getting this guy escorted away, put in like a uh, compact crusher, right? And then like returns, and then has to go through the trouble of like separating the gold from all of that. It's like. Just he could have just locked them in and like gassed them, and he's well, just well, you know, soothing people he knows are going to die in ten minutes. It's like the most I, I don't know. It's... Well, if he hadn't done that, <laughs> then he wouldn't have been able to get rid of you know Bond's little message to the CIA. So that's true. Then again, Bond would have been able to send uh, it. I mean, maybe this is also this might be a reason as to why they uh, made uh, you know Goldfinger British, you know, with the whole like, gassing people. Thing. That's what I was going to say, and with the Nazi gold as well. I think there were too many connotations there for them. They must. I think they must have gone like. Yeah, let's just make yeah, it British. Just like, let's just okay. Because I think been, like probably quite sensitive. It's re- it's really touching. I, I think the reason why it's like that is um, for Mr. Solo uh, is because I don't think Goldfinger was really kind of. It felt like he was kind of improvising a little bit. Like his plan oh, yeah. to dispatch his plan to dispatch of Mr. Solo individually, like seems like a lot more improvised. He probably would have. For me, he like he gets solo out and then he go obviously puts him in the car. He must have I don't know whispered something to Oddroy's like yeah shoot this guy or whatever, and it just kind of comes off a bit 
like that but also he's like so intent on getting his gold and stuff and this just adds to his character like he like <laughs> goes to the trouble of like separating it later so he can get it back or having it separated and the fact he loads in real gods is just so mr solo would go along with it in my opinion uh otherwise if he doesn't see it he'd have been like oh uh, probably would well, have been umming and ahhing about it more well you know this is actually something i've just thought of now really in, in a similar way to how you know like red grant said you know all a lot of red grant references in this but you know you know I, I how i do it is is you know up to me with with i think maybe uh he just let odd job take some liberties here because you know i think that him crushing the golf ball and crushing solo and that is uh not really a coincidence you know um, no really? no no you're wrong mate because gold because maybe because maybe this isn't the first time goldfing has done this perhaps right you're because just like oh yeah i know a guy say, down the road. oh he's got an impressing he's got pressing engagement and maybe that was his code word to odd job to go and do that maybe yeah there you go yeah maybe but but like it's so touch and go like when when he misses the highway and goes down this random offbeat hmm. path, like I'm sure Mr. Solo, if he had like one extra brain cell, could have like bailed out of the car and run off. Yeah, because he's not too bright, no, odd, job, odd job's not gonna exactly it's it's well, odd job's not gonna run after him and at least he has a chance to get away if even yeah, yeah, what, trying to oh, yeah, odd job goes to eight miles an hour, I don't think so. The thing is as Wait, well, well I one at a time. <laughs> He's not going to jump out of the car going 80 on the high, on the free, on the freeway on the motorway, is he? So no, no, no. Yeah, and also, odd job no, would just hit him with that. Like, so he goes, maybe, but like he doesn't know. He doesn't know that. So, but well, then, yeah, well, not on the motorway. But when he, when he, yeah, when he goes down like the little like off beaten roads. I mean, that's when I said he could have like um, maybe try and run off. But like um, maybe he just thinks he's a moron he's, though. Like because he's like. Like, you know, yeah. you blind, you didn't see, like, you know, that way's the airport. And when he went to stop, maybe he thought he was going to, you know, turn around. Turn around, yeah, good point. As well, the thing is that I liked as well in this, I only really noticed this time, is, like, he's, the odd job's driving through some, like, you know, proper busy roads, and then, like, and then, you know, there's loads of people around, then he drives off, and there's, like, less and less cars going by, and then it's, like, oh, like, obviously, you know he's going to kill him, but then, like, like mm. it's just like you know the dread setting in, like mm. the fact that and the music's great around. as well. I think the music in this scene is amazing as well. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, because oh. it shoots him and then it like you know goes in with the mm. uh, golf mm. theme. And it's cool because they take he takes him. We see like the scrapyard thing happen, you know, like crushing the car and then like just posts out the little wally brick, you know, and then pops it in the in the in the pickup truck, you know, that odd jobs got waiting there. So this is definitely not the first time. You know, golfing has sent someone on a pressing engagement because that's all prearranged, man. Like the, yeah, exactly. the dodgy guys at the fucking like scrapyard are in on this as well. Clearly, well so, the thing yeah. the thing is though, like I noticed this time, you can clearly see like there's no one in that car. Like obviously they can maybe they could have put a dummy in it or anything, but like during the actual crushing, like yeah, but he would have been slumped down in the back seat, perhaps. Yeah, maybe, but he, I don't know really. Maybe he was yeah. like, down at the bottom. Anyway, yeah, um, Mr. Solo wasn't lucky. Yeah, exactly. He did last longer than the others, though. So, anyway, so then uh, Bond uh, Bond shows up and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I enjoyed your speech." Basically, lets out the bag that, "Yeah, you're right. I didn't know anything about Operation Glance for that Grand Slam, but now I do." And then, but what I love is that, like, he's like really thinks he's smart. He's going golfing. He's like, "Yeah, I enjoyed your speech." And then golfing, he just goes, "So did I?" You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can't touch the guy, man. Yeah, because like, you know, it's just like yeah, I just yeah, I killed everyone, you know. Yeah, yeah, I killed him. I enjoy killing him. 
Yeah, exactly. And also for, for those who haven't seen the film as well, you know, like what are you doing here otherwise? Um, Bond, had be- Bond had put like a little message, like after reading, uh, after hearing what happened, uh, what Goldfinger said about the plan, he, he slipped it on Mr. Solo with like the uh, little yeah. tracker, which sent Lighter and his mate to go uh, interrupt their KFC, you know, dinner. And then, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then, he, then they were like, oh, Oh, the track has gone off. Oh, I must have turned it off, you know, like yeah. yeah. Oh, great mechanical failure. Yeah, I love seeing like take action. Yeah, the Americans just being so inept in all of this. Yeah, it's gullible, man. Because Goldfinger, yeah, like he's like, yeah. Oh, because because basically someone comes to him and goes, oh yeah, there's some couple of blokes in the in the bushes over there, and he goes, oh, they're probably racing touts looking for tips, you know, and then he goes, or could be you know another thing so then he gets goldfinger uh, sorry gets bond and gets pussy glow to like s- slut out basically you know and then like <laughs> show up again um, and it's cool because you have a little moment as well with goldfinger and pussy glow where she's talking about retirement plans and stuff so that's like interesting but yeah so, it makes them feel like more fleshed out characters yeah just slightly more yeah slightly yeah <laughs> yeah not just for the like the ridiculous name but anyway yeah so then um <laughs> yeah, so he goes and gets sends for Bond, who's sat there like it's so funny. It's such a funny scene. He's sat there man. like in the corner, like you know, like yeah. And he's got like a gun in his face, basically, and like five guys like guarding him, man. It's so funny. Yeah, and as well, like the little like I don't know, like the little I don't know if it's a saxophone piece, just like the little like thing just makes it even funnier with the music. Yeah, yeah, he's just sat there like yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, so he's just like. Can't literally can't like blink without yeah it's so like uncomfortable man but anyway uh goldfinger gets him out um they have a bit of like we get the exp- we get the classic like bond villain explanation now of like the whole plot like yeah yeah because he says this is the thing because he says well you know did a bit of maths of my own you know 15 yeah. billion dollars is a uh, ten thousand five hundred you know tons which uh, would take 60 men uh like you know two days to load onto however many 200 trucks or whatever and you got two hours before the navy turn up and then you know golfing goes you know like who said anything about taking it and this is you know my bomb figures out oh you know the chinese guy lent him a bomb you know like a nuke and the thing is uh or a nuclear device is never confirmed it's a nuclear bomb but you know it's an atomic device yeah sorry my my bad it's goldfinger puts it my mistake but the thing is, in the Goldfinger book, that wasn't the plot. It was just he was going to nick stuff from Fort Knox. They didn't have the whole, uh, well... I know. think that's just such a great edge to the plot. And, yeah, it, and it makes it so much better, I think. Like, yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. As if it was just, and, oh, I'm robbing Fort And Knox. it's great that we can all be bombed, basically, this moment where he realises that he's like, wow, so that will increase the value of your 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 stock. And it's like, yeah, by 10, by, you know, well, by 1,000%. I, I, I approximate he's like, 10 times. Yep. He's like, I conservatively yeah, conserv- well. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, he's, this, it's this is that historical fact. context I wanted to mention as well. Oh, yeah, go on. Um, the reason, this would have been even worse for the West at this point, because um, following World War II, they all basically decide, got together and decided, all right, uh, all, all like basically major countries, like the, the Western ones said, you know, we're going to say that our money is worth, you know, X amount of dollars and the dollar will be worth this much gold. So the Americans will keep all this gold in Fort Knox, uh, basically so that their money is worth real like stuff because they could mm. exchange it for gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way that basically the whole economic system of the world worked. Um, so if someone were to irradiate all that gold, the dollar would become worthless all of a sudden, and then everyone else's currency would become mm. like, you know, 
worthless all of a sudden as well. So, you know, everything would go to shit. So that's uh, what Goldfinger's referencing here. But I don't know. I don't know how. Yes, to make, with, with that context, probably would have been worth far more than 10 times then. Yeah. yeah. I don't know exactly how... Um, you know, you know, up to date. You know, the audiences were on like you know the Bretton Woods economic system mm. by then, but you know, they would have just thought, yeah, this is um, bad. This will affect. There's the a fun, there's a fun fact by the way that I'm not sure if you know, but or figured out because you you didn't need to look anything up for it. But he says that it will be contaminated for 58 years, and that actually takes us to 2024. Yeah, no, 2022. 2024. I think. No, that I would think. be 2022. Yeah, 2022. If it was 60 Whatever. years. To the no, current yeah. day, pretty much. No, if it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Nearly. That's mad. Great points on. That's really interesting. Well, yeah, then they could use a the gold then. Well, yeah. then again, I think they would have gotten around it eventually, like using some way of decontaminating it. But the thing is with this, though, is like, okay, yeah, I've, I've praised this plot a lot, but I do want to actually. Just because it's just because it's radiated, it's still there, right? It's not like yeah, but when no, they can't physically use it. use it, but it is there. So and eventually it'll be fine again. So does that really make it worth this? I don't well, know. not really. Imagine if they told you they were going to freeze your bank account for six years. Like the money's still there, but you know. yeah, true, true. Well, anyway, yeah. Um. So so then Bond goes for a casual stroll with Pussy Galore, you know, and um. And then they go to the barn, you know, and they do a bit of judo in there. Yeah, literally, like the the worst, like the worst scene in the film in terms yeah, of yeah, like, really like rapey, man. This ends like it's pretty pretty bad look for Bond, to be fair. Yeah, the like the only thing you could say is, well, you know, it's to save sixty thousand people, right? Right. Mm. And even then, he, One... he even then uh, he was surprised that that actually like later yeah. on actually you know helped her change her mind because he never explained. You never see him explain, you know, by the way, golfing is going to kill a, a shit ton of people, like, you know. Oh, he probably said it right th- after he came, you know. So I think, like... Yeah, it's a bit no, no, no. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I only had... I had a new take on it, actually. The uh, for This time when I was watching it for this podcast, like, um, it's only on a diff- on one of the lines this is. Like, when she says, uh, what would it take... How much would it take mm-hmm. to, like... Uh, whatever make you see things my way like, she's like she's like um a lot more than yeah thanks a lot more than you've got like maybe they're like there's obviously an uh an intent maybe an intended reading of that but like uh maybe she's i also thought maybe she was talking about money because she does like um oh. she does say like the only the only reason she's in it for money so like um yeah so i don't know Maybe. Oh yeah, for sure. It wasn't just Dick that got her to change her mind, man. It was like probably double the money or whatever it took, you know, for sure. Do you reckon? Uh, uh, yeah, I always, I thought, yeah. I yeah, it's like, yeah. Look in the, uh, look in the lost and found. You'll find fifty gold sovereigns in my briefcase. <laughs> like, on, yeah, exactly. On like, I don't know if if cinema sins is anything to go by. Uh, they yeah, which do, it isn't, like say, anyway. they do, they do like make out as if that's what turns her around, but. You know, pre-weak source, I think. Yeah, we're all weak sources. Her anyway, so you know that's uh, yeah, that. Yeah, we're, 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 we're meant to believe that you know she actually does like Sean Connery, but I don't know about that. Yeah, there's no <laughs> there's, 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 there's like an active, She's actively fighting him not yeah, to exactly. do that. Yeah, not that good, is it? 
Yeah. I mean, I'll... the only saving grace is like the closest shot is her, like she does wrap her arms around him, but deny yeah. that. And, the, and the, the worst thing to say is this isn't the last time you see something like this as well. But it's not, yeah. this is the, probably the worst instance of it, but then it's like, you know, you even get to like a Timothy Dalton one where it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, man. It's like, yeah, Shame. this is um, as good as Goldfinger is as a film. There are some really like, badly aged moments and this is probably the worst of them mm. this, so, might, yeah. this might actually be the worst aged Bond moment ever really mm, no I think we probably do get worse ones but I mean it's not like we're ranking them but yeah I mean we, we do get that, that, existence <laughs> yeah the worst aged Bond scene is when you see uh, yeah anyway we'll, we'll, we'll let, talk like, about Spectre later We'll let we'll let the <laughs> I, have we'll keep, let, I have to keep my excitement in for that film uh, for a few months. Yeah, we'll let others do the uh, defaming work. For yeah, us. exactly. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll highlight the issue, but we're, yeah, we're not we're not here to tear down Bond, man. We we we're not here to excuse it either. Though this is like really bad. Anyway, um, so then the basically now we're getting into the swing of things. You know, this is like crunch time now. So the raid on Fort Knox begins with uh, Pussy's pilots. <laughs> um, get, get, get gassing the whole um, area. Patrol. You know, yeah. Yeah. one thing, one <laughs> thing, one thing that's really funny. I don't know if you noticed. Henry definitely noticed at one point. Oh like, yeah, I did. Like, the there's like, yeah, the countdown. They actually miss out one when they're counting down. They're like five, oh, four, yeah. three, two, zero. <laughs> they don't yeah, say no, one during it. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's the it's the circus, man. They don't teach you much there. I'm to fly a plane. Yeah, yeah. Not doing it. Not doing a great deal for the blonde bimbo rep, are they? But you know. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, so all of them. You know what I really find interesting about this scene is because they all like play dead, and it's so obvious. And you, the first time you watch it, it looks that it looks comically like acted. They're all like falling down like sack of potatoes, and you're like, well, that looks like really fake. Like you know, no, you know, it's like. I know it's like 60s and you're like acting, I don't know, whatever limited resources. But well, they are acting. Jobs so. Exactly. That's what ad, That's what makes it really good. Because the first time, I remember yeah, as a kid acting. watching it, I was thinking, this is like so obviously acting. And then and then it turns out that it is. And obviously no one's like there next to them watching it. It's just from an, a distance. So mm. it's enough to go, yep, they're down, you know. And um, and then when you realise later on, it's like that was all coordinated and like, yeah, it's brilliant. It oh, no, and the thing is that I love as well, the music in yeah. this as well. It's got like some like, yeah. you know, low military like march music. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, after these guys are down, they're like, you know, the trucks start rolling in, you know, yeah. start blowing yeah, yeah, up yeah. the fence. And the convoy goes past Felix Leiter as well. You zoom in and it's like, oh, yeah, he, and then he, he's down. That's the well. first tip off to think like, other than them falling down that way. That like, you know, he doesn't know anything. Why is he here? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So they blow the gates. Who'll be dynamited? As uh, Goldfinger <laughs> says, and indeed it was. Um, and then they drive in with the ambulance. The laser comes out of that and like just lasers up the door. Which just want to cool. say... Yeah, just want to mm. say this is one of the this is one of the only moments I remember from like the first time I watched it. Like when the when the laser came up again, I like got chills watching that when I was wow. younger because it's like oh, it's the laser again. It's like wow. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Back isn't it? again. See, it is a practical thing, as Goldfinger mm. says. So yeah, it does have a purpose, which is cool. yeah, one singular purpose other than slicing someone up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder, um, I wonder if he cooks like his you know cooks his steaks with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. 
Um, the only way I can he get like six cigarettes done. It, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Goldfinger uh, comes in a chopper with a bomb strapped to it, so that's pretty uh, ballsy of him. Um, and activates the bomb as well. So, you know, that happens. <laughs> yeah, but like just the swag to enter in, like Fort Knox, the helicopter yeah, as well. Exactly. Bond's handcuffed to Oddjob as well. He's uh, marched in, into there as well. Um, anyway, so when the bomb's activated, then the guy counter wakes yeah, up. And yeah, they bring him down into this vault behind me, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Since yeah. you mention it, um, obviously the crew in the film, like, they weren't allowed to go inside Fort Knox yeah. and build it. Like, this uh, another work of Ken Adams, so. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So they, they weren't allowed to go inside because it's obviously security compromised. But they recreate they so they just basically estimated roughly what something like that would look like, and then the people at Fort Knox were like almost spooked out. But this is reportedly like they were almost spooked at how realistic they got it, like how bang on it's like they were. It was almost like a security risk where they were like, "Oh, has anyone been like selling them images or stuff?" You know, it's like you know, really interesting, like how how accurately they actually managed to get it. So there you go. Despite not being allowed, I anyway. didn't know that actually. Well, to be yeah. fair, there's only so many ways to store gold. Like, this is just, you know, I just, I just love this, like, this whole set, really. Like, I was going to yeah. originally take, you know, for like a joke, put the, um, you know, bond on the laser table behind me. But <laughs> this is just like, I, I just love this scene it's, so yeah, it's much. Like, set, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I'm, generally, the backgrounds here are like my favorite kind of, you know, scenes, really. Like, it's cool that you do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if the Spotify and for the Spotify listeners, sorry lads, you don't have a clue what we're talking about, but uh, never mind. I'm yeah, with you. You just have to use your imagination. Yeah. Um, oh, we're on Apple Podcasts as well, by the way. If anyone's interested in that yeah. site, you know, because those intrigued. Yep. Um, so anyway, so Lysa and Co. They all wake up and spring into action. Turns out they were faking the whole thing, which makes sense. Uh, afterwards, um, Bond in the meantime is handcuffed to the bomb. So, you know, it's like really game over him, man. Yeah, wink. And the way Goldfinger says, the way Goldfinger says goodbye, Mr. Bond, it's Mm. there's really like, there is really the way he delivers that line really makes it sound like, yeah, like you're finished, mate. You know, he says he delivers that with such confidence and like, yeah, such finality. Yeah, he's just like, he's so sure of it. It's like, yeah, this is a matter of fact now, you know, goodbye. Like, I'm definitely never seeing you again. And you know, and then you know, sends him down in the lift. Goes, well, goes. As we'll, learn to, as we'll learn to say with Sean Connery, never say never again. Yeah. Can't one thing I do I like. One thing. One thing I do like about that scene is like there's a there's an out more distant shot of the lift going down, and you see Goldfinger. He kind of turns mm-hmm. away and then just walks onto the next objective, like the Sigma he is. But um, yeah. odd job kind of. <laughs> stays behind and stares at the lift going down and I, I really like that mm. um, yeah it's a nice shot isn't it <laughs> and, the whole um, scene is like eye candy really it mm. is the whole film is but especially yeah the scene and it's again it's the the sound it's no wonder this won an oscar you know the the it's, there's almost something very satisfying about the sounds going on there as well there's not much music the music is used very sparingly but when it is scene. used it's very good yeah 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 um well, it's another anyway. scene that is that you know a lot of music is not really used. Like and with this the is when fight. it gets this is when Goldfinger gets Sigma's fuck man. Yeah, like, exactly. The gunfire starts right, so he like hits the panic button. First of all, he closes the door on his main man. You know, he like yeah like send gives them a death sentence basically. Like closes the vault, 
kill it basically yeah he's literally like immediately yeah. also like yes yeah, switch teams like yeah so- they're like he's yeah. he's ready for this man he puts on like turns like, his jacket inside out and it's like so- some soldier on he's got a hat he's- ready shooting his own men you know and he's like oh yeah so, and then gives yeah. the dumb americans orders like yeah i'll get the girl you do this you know like and they're so brain dead they're like oh yeah okay yeah yeah like this guy like, who looks suspiciously like golf with the accent and, like, and everything and like the wrong gun and everything but they're just like oh yeah you know like it's yeah like, yeah we're looking for incredible. a uh, mr goldfinger you would have to know anyone he's like yeah he went that way gestures with his like solid <laughs> gun. <laughs> exactly. yeah um, he is incredible like he he like He's like unfazed by this. It's yeah. almost as if that also, was incredible. Yeah, I've just got a shout as well. Like, yeah, because he, he guns down these Americans. Like, I don't think he even shoots four times and all four of them go down. But then, like, odd job. It, like, he doesn't give a shit that he's just been like locked in here. He throws the other guy off like the edge. Like, yeah, odd job, man. He He's dying for the cause, man. That is like ultimate loyalty. His yeah. own boss is like killed him, basically, and he's still like don't care i'm still like he's, you know this is where odd yeah, job just... is like he's like he this is where he like excels where red grant yeah. didn't because red grant yeah. was tempted by the, the payment basically and yeah he like didn't care he was like he was a top tier assassin but he was like yeah. you know he wasn't being paid enough basically and then odd job doesn't care he's like completely loyal to um yeah. goldfinger and that's it like yeah. and he throws the other guy off as well who tries yeah to stop exactly him. for being disloyal i mean yeah. maybe yeah like yeah like odd job's the terminator before they existed but like yeah. ma- maybe you know maybe he like you know was on the same wavelength as goldfinger you know maybe he also like i have a feeling he might also have a love for gold so much that you know hmm. dying in fort knox might just be appropriate for him you know and he also Maybe. gets to, you know, beat the shit out of Bond while he's doing so. So, you know. Yeah, I think this is what makes Oddjob the ultimate henchman. Just his undying loyalty, man. Like, even though he's been, like, you know, sent off, he's, like, doesn't care. He's, like, he, he's, he's still smiling, you know. Yeah, man. Uh, so, anyway, we get this, like, epic fight, basically, between Bond versus Oddjob. Yeah. Again, Bond, Bond no managed music. to uncouple himself from the thing because Oddjob yeah. threw the guy with the keys over. Yeah, yeah, the fight goes on for ages, and there's no music again, mm. which is really you just hear the bomb ticking. That's it. Yeah, it's and it's so ominous there, and it's like you know, it builds the tension. It's so like, and it's it's just very smart because again, like the but even with more so than the car chase or the golf scene, there's no music there or here where there could have been and very traditionally would be, but they made and credit to the director, I suppose, made a deliberate choice not to do that to have it silent effectively. So then it's like it's even more like. Because you get all the clangs on the metal, and mm. the, you get the the hum of the of the atomic bomb there, and it's like you know, it's it's amazing. Mm. Um, and there's several stages to the fight, like you say. Odd job tries to kill him with the hat, and then he, he ducks it, and then they have like a hat. They he like he punches him in the face, and Odd job takes it and then slams him, and it's like throwing him around like a rag doll. Um, and then there's a moment where Bond tries to pick up Odd job's hat and use it against him, and Odd job like visually he's like he he shits himself you know it's, it's yeah no but he like, also no but he also is like you know like come on then like yeah 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 but then yeah yeah, yeah it's great the, the fight is so good because it it's it's not like one or two things it's like the dynamic has changed and yeah, there's bond not a word spoken right? either there's not a word spoken so it's like and bond he gets the wooden plank thing and then yeah, the like metal rod you know and it's like it all breaks up things- literally he tries to break his arm as well. He can't literally mm. do anything. He's trying Bond everything. Gets the shit kicked out of him as well, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. It, one thing I really like in this, like I also remember from when we f- I first watched it, it, was like when he throws the hat, at, like when he picks up like Thingy's uh, odd jobs hat, like that is like the ultimate expectation subversion. Because when I saw it, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be. He's gonna get what he did to everyone else, and then but he dodges it. And then I was when I first saw, it, I was like, what? And then there was like, yeah, wow, yeah. like how's he gonna get out this? And then yeah, yeah, well, brilliant. It's because our job wasn't a perfect throw. He did sever a cable earlier, so you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's great the way he's dispatched is like fantastic as well, you know. Yeah, it takes um, a superhuman like you know. Mm. Yeah, it's he's like the Terminator. It's a great, it's a great analogy made there. Anyway. I never put the, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, he's like the Terminator. Like he can't be stopped. And then do like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Go do on. you know actually the character and the actor? maybe even equal in loyalty and dedication to getting the uh, project done because uh, Mr. Sakata, who played Oddjob, actually got electrocuted when uh, the the, uh, the thing touched the metal. And he didn't know it was like live things. So he grabbed the thing and his hand basically got toasted or something but like the, he got electrocuted and then so that's like an actual, I don't know, scream or whatever you get out of him because of it. <sighs> but that's just like the dedication. I don't know. He didn't like say cut or anything. He didn't take wow. his hand off. He went through with it. So like, that's amazing. I didn't know that. I knew about the stunt man from earlier from the bath, but I didn't know about he is his stunt man. You know. Yeah. yeah. People got you know like yeah. Anyway, like Jackie have, have you two ever given yourselves an electric shock? By the way. Oh yeah. Well, actually, yeah. My first let. <laughs> Trick shock, maybe Henry might remember, but yeah, um, I, tr- yeah I tricked yeah. him. Into <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> but have you, have you, I've only ever given myself an electric shock once, and it was like a really dumb, really dumb way, man. Like, it's, it's I never get to tell this story, so this is a good time to do it. I was at work, and we had, um, obviously, we have like uh, under the office desks, you have the extension cords and stuff, right? And I was plugging in a phone charger, but it was a really dodgy, shitty, like Chinese one, whatever. And I plugged it in, <laughs> and the casing wasn't properly attached to the the front bit where the prongs were, right? So like I took off, so I, I pulled out, I pulled out what I thought was the charger, but I only pulled off the cap, like the top bit, and it was like, oh okay. And then I was like, I was obviously idiotic. You can't be smart and electrocute yourself, right? So I like I went to grab the rest, and then I like directly grabbed onto the metal <laughs> prong. And then it you like yourself, yeah, I got like an electric shock. I was like, oh, like that man. <laughs> I was like, and then no one realized what was going on. I was like, oh, like that man. And uh, <laughs> you know, I eventually yeah. let go. But it was like, oh, it was like, and I was. This happened uh, a couple of years ago. And I was like, wow, man, I I got through life without electrocuting myself until now. You know? So yeah, yeah that's well, my story. Two instances for me. I literally yeah. just, I literally unscrewed a light bulb and I was like, yeah, let's see what happens. I like, you know, shock <laughs> stuff like that. Another time in science, man, I was so I was so bored with with my mate uh, with a shout to Stuart because he was in in it with me, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just just to, just you know because we were like literally chemistry, you know, it was boring us to death. Got a pair of scissors, stuck it in the outlet, turned it on to see if it would kill me. <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, they were doing like, that in my class as well. They were like. <laughs> pouring water over it and then sticking their hands against it turning it on and stuff but <laughs> yeah man <laughs> so, what science class does to people man but anyway yeah well, science, like I said, Henry, well for, the, for the keen listeners of this show 
uh, that's basically uh, my sore interest was born in chemistry class as well. That's where it was introduced yeah. to me. So yeah, a lot of stuff happened in chemistry class. She also and, knows what happened in chemistry class, but you know, I won't yeah, say that. Yeah, chemistry was the days, man. There you go. Anyway, back to uh, back to Goldfinger. So yeah, Odd Jobs uh, bought it. You know what I like as well, because like so often with Bond, he'll give like he'll it's like a theme, right? He give, makes a joke at the end of someone dying. But I think I don't know if this is intentional or not. But I think for his greatest adversaries, he has respect enough not to make a joke because he did that with Red Grant, and then he doesn't mm. say anything about Odd Job either, right? Yeah. Did he say anything about Doctor No? No, he did. No, he, I don't think he got the chance. But they probably hadn't like got to that point yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was established after that, but uh, but still, I, th- I think that's like worth commenting on. Actually, actually, it was established before that like, because he was like, "Oh, I think they're on their way to a funeral with the three blind mice." Yeah, yeah, you're right. okay, yeah, you're right. Actually, good point. Good point, Tom. Well, yeah, he he shows restraint, you know, like with Doctor No first, or maybe he could, he just couldn't think of anything. No, know, I think he was too rushed for time there. He was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> "Get the fuck." Yeah, out. yeah, they forgot to write that bit in the script. But anyway. Well, um, here as well. I mean, he's under the cosh here again. So, so Bond. Yeah. What I find funny here is he starts using two bars of gold as a hammer. You know, it's like the most like glamorous thing being used in the most primitive form, like caveman. You know, trying to yeah. open a box with like two rocks. You know, effectively. Yeah, he's barely trying. Though, that's one thing I will True, say. Yeah. Um, like, he's not doing that like his life was on the line. Anyway, so the soldiers come, like you know, come come to the rescue. The, one of one of the Chinese guys is like crushed behind the vault door, which is always quite yeah, neat. yeah. They've got yeah. This this is like you know, I think that happens in a lot of Bond films. The bomb's got ten seconds left to go. They go down the stairs for like ten years. Oh, two yeah, seconds yeah, yeah. passed. You know, like and I can I just you... say? Can I just say the seven-year-old me? This is my a poignant memory of mine. I I remember physically sweating. Watching this scene, I, I was physically sweating. The seven-year-old James man was like, you know, like, wow, you know, I was like, this really had me. I didn't know if he was gonna die, what was gonna happen. I was like terrified, man. And then the fact that they st- and Bond is also like, he doesn't know what to do. He's got this, yeah, trying to like all these circuits in front of him, and he's like, doesn't know what to do. And you're just like, oh, you tell you so he's like trying to hot, but you know, and he, if he does the wrong thing, they're all finished, you know. So he's like, doesn't know what to do. And then, like, the guy comes and, like, switches it off, and it's obviously yeah, yeah. stopped in double like, oh, I don't know if anyone's ever played, like, keep, it's like, if you've ever played Keep Talking and nobody explodes, you you know, yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, a tenth of what this feels like, you know, like, yeah, having never <laughs> defused a real bomb myself. So good, man. And it's like, oh, and then the fact it stops on 007, and it's just, oh, like, the relief, and it's like, oh, you know, because oh, it's almost cool. like... It reminds you that you're watching a film almost, because by that point, I don't know, like, for me, I was so gripped in it. Not even on my first viewing, but even beyond that, I was just, it's just, even when you know what's, even watching it, you know, for this, for this uh, show, I was so, like, I, I was still, like, tense. You still, like, it still reels you in. You've, I've seen it so many times, but it's still, like, it still has a way of, like, drawing you in. It's brilliant, you know. It's yeah. fantastic. It it's what is. makes it have... such a great film. And the fact that it's so, it is cringe and cliche that they stop it on 007, but it's the first time they did it and they do it in like a plausible way. And it's like, it's not, at the time, it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's really, it's really good and clever. And it's like, you know, unfortunately, with all the parodies and stuff, that that's just probably seen as cringe by like a modern viewer. But I think for me, it's, it's great. Yeah, back then, it's good they been, don't do oh, it again. I see what you did there. Yeah. And they don't do it again, which is good. But like I think, yeah, they do on the different numbers. Yeah, 
Yeah, Bond's a prime Bond defuser, you know, by uh, by the time he does it in a Mm. a later film, which uh, Tom was a fan of. But anyway. Yeah, Yeah, um, I must say, I was going to say, like, um, I have to second what James was saying. Like, I was also on the edge of my seat when I was watching this for the first time. Like, (laughs) and then, like, um, I, I remember, like, the bit where, I mean... Now it's like so silly. Like these guards have like the worst aim ever. But when I saw like one of them stop and like in the background, notice James Bond slowly pull his gun out and then he gets shot. And like I was like, wow. When oh I was yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's even that. It's brilliant. Mm. Yeah, uh, and this guy like yeah yeah Bond is like you know you know he's sort of, like acting cool about it afterwards. And the guy like you know who actually like it wasn't light. It was just some random like technician yeah. they probably sent down there. Like, you know, he's, like, just, like, kind of pissed off. No one's giving him any credit in the back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so then uh, we're basically, the film's over, right? Uh, Bond yeah. is, like, you know, going for a dinner with the president, you know, and yeah, Felix lunch like, the him off and they all salute him, and he's in the plane, and it's like, hey, it's all good now. But no. But yeah, no. the first this, time I saw this, man. This is the best fourth act ever, man. Like, this is so good. So good. Even though, I don't know though, because we got it with Rosa Klebb and then it was great as well. But I think this one is even more, you know why? You know why? Because I think both Rosa Klebb and Goldfinger coming out is like amazing. But I think what makes Goldfinger more effective is because of the, the high, the tension you've just been released from. The relief. You've just been from, they've just you think it's all, you all over, the way up you know? here. And then they like, okay, you're back. You're safe now. Yeah, you got the chill music. With, with Rose you know, Pepper, like, it was like, yeah, you know, there wasn't and, that 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 height of tension was never there. So the come down is less. Whereas I, now it's like you've had a big yeah. Come and Bond's literally there. he's literally relaxing in a private jet, you know. Yeah, it's literally like, oh, uh, we've got we've got drinks for you and we've got drinks for three, and it's like who are the other two? There are no other two, and it's like, oh great, you know, I'm I'm laughing. Yeah, and unintentionally, it's like mate, he's actually counted correctly. This this yeah. was like <laughs> this. This was like the thing that, like, when my friend was watching, it was great to hear. It's great to hear, like, first hand, like, first time reactions. Mm. Like, when Goldfinger pops, I was like, oh shit. And then I was just like, yeah, it's Goldfinger. And then the thing is, I think the the difference between this and Rosa Klebb is like, when Goldfinger appears, it's like, wow, it's just one, it's just one moment you see him there. It's like, oh wow, he's going to kill him. And then, but with Rosa Klebb, you kind of, it's like a creeping thing. You like see her come back in the background, like, just. enters through the door and then quietly tries to walk off but it's too different it's they're very similar but very different at the same yeah, time Bond doesn't like know how they try build it up. yeah and it's, it's great like i think they're both really great i do personally like this one more but actually okay. there's actually there's a little thing in um the back goldfinger pops through and you don't notice it because it, the whole thing is like goldfinger being there but uh there's actually like a kind of one of those chinese guards stood behind him in the background like and oh, it's, so kind of, it's kind of four. yeah like um so i think maybe in an original like draft of this scene like goldfinger was meant to have one of them like helping him out or whatever but if the fight broke out but um that must have been cut for like running time or something i'm not sure but like you do get a really brief glimpse of someone else waiting there and then that's it the curtain but it's goldfinger it doesn't take and he's got a golden gun as well which uh yes. It's just the, the cherry on top for his character. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like you've interfered with my plan for the last time, Mr. Bond. You know, he's like, what what I love about this scene is not just like the, the, the impact of like, you know, his presence just suddenly coming out like bang, it's him like fuck, you know. But Bond's reaction is priceless, man. He just he doesn't give it. He's he's now the tables have turned. Golfing is the desperate one, and uh, Bond is like the one in control. And Bond just goes, "Oh, I love oh well, uh, congratulations on your promotion, Goldfinger." So you have lunch at the White House too. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Like in the face of death, he's just like spitting in his face. You know, like it's so funny, man. And uh, and anyway, so they they have a they have a, a brief fight. Um, which is getting yeah, the, way, he, yeah, the way Bond throws him off is so good because like, Bond goes, you know, oh, where's Pussy then? And then Goldfinger just looks away for a second and Bond takes yeah, that he second gestures with his on. gun and then, like, then he just goes, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, he didn't see that one coming, <laughs> yeah. He's not professional, as yeah, so, yeah, anyway, he's yeah. not used to dispatching. So Bond, gets sucked out of the plane gone. in a pretty undignified fashion, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Bond as well, I don't know what I mean, yeah, he did. You know, blow a hole in the uh, you know, the cabin with it, which makes the pressure go down. But like, how was he making sure that like Pussy Galore was actually like flying the plane like a normal person, like instead of like trying to you know like dive it to make Goldfinger fall over or something? Yeah, I don't know. You don't really know. Like, you get the impression she might be tied to the controls or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's a bit of a strange one. But you know, Bond goes over, finds her there, and he goes, you know, she goes, oh, where's Goldfinger? He's playing his golden harp, you know. So that's quite yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. And as well, like, yeah, you get like Lighter and his, you know, his his chaps like uh, back at the airport. They're like watching, yeah. like you know, the thing, like the dramatic music going down. They're like, oh yeah, we shouldn't have booked him on Ryanair or whatever. And then like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, like you see the other uh, like dot pop off, and it's just like, oh probably fine you know yeah. unless it's a second piece of the plane that's fallen off yeah, that's right so they go yeah, they go no, find her yeah. and then it's like oh you know he's under the parachute it's like oh no time to be rescued bang you know it's like gets the girl in the end and that's I, I, I love it like i love this bit because like the americans the cia are flying over to look for him and he just doesn't okay he's like doesn't care, he's gonna yeah. make them he's gonna make them make waste like the whole afternoon or whatever looking for him and he won't like show them that's <laughs> that's all he cares about and did that in dr yeah. no as well to be fair. yeah exactly yeah it's like it's like a nice little reprise of that which i like it's funny yeah that's not the last time he does it either i mean that's it really that's that's goldfinger ladies and gentlemen it's a bit of a longer episode but uh it's not over yet We've got our own Goldfinger-esque fourth act where we're going to do our uh, rankings now. Exactly. So, um, let's get straight into it. So, Bond actor still, of course, Sean Connery. This this film has just elevated them even more, you know. Yeah. Yep. Best performance so far, I think. Current Bongo rankings, number one, Honey Rider, number two, Tatiana. Where are we going to put Honor Blackman's Pussy Galore? <sighs> yeah. You know I wanted to put Tatiana above Honey Rider. I still think she should go above Pussy nah, Galore. You're having a laugh, mate. No, nah, man. I, it's a, it's so, I, I can't I get think... over the name either. And, you know, like she doesn't I think Honey Rider, uh, Pussy Galore is, is not going first for me. She's, I think for me, she's behind Tatiana and Honey Rider. Like the, the first two, like they, the thing is with Honey Rider, she had backstory that was believable and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the way she acted it was more believable. Whereas Pussy. Mm-hmm. It may be may not be her fault, but like the whole mm. plot basically hinges on her being attracted to Bond, and that just mm. obviously yeah, the way it's shot is just it's just mm. falls yeah, apart. Yeah, when it comes to that really uncomfortable scene. So you you're in agreement with me, Tom? Here, you I put think, yeah. as, are you put a third as well? 
Yep. Okay, well, you know, for the you know being for the iconic stuff, but then it's iconic in a really bad way. Yeah, like, it's like not in a good way. Yeah, I don't know why her character's so beloved by the Bond fan base because I think it's kind of her character. If anything, it's like anything. an indictment of like the 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 worst parts of Bond, really. If anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. No I thought there'd be a bit black like a protest myself, there, but, but it turns out we're all in agreement. So that's yeah. that's a rare occasion. So, um... but, as, but as well though, to give Anna Blackman credit, it's not really her fault. It's more the writing, and she has some good back and forth with Bond as well. Like you know, and like you know, knock him down a couple of pegs at least sometimes. Yeah, yeah. that's true. They've a good but like. I think, you know, I think just the fact that the problem, yeah, it's not her fault because she does like you know like get the upper hand on him a lot, but then just turned up being basically raped and then being used to like you know but ah uh, yeah it's um it's yeah not not great this is yeah this is more of, this is more of a gripe with the writers not with her so oh yeah absolutely I just want to just want to you know mention that but anyway okay so the villain number one dr no number two rosa kleb goldfinger gotta be number one right it has to be it has to be number one like yeah but when when you are i mean also this was the case of dr no but if you're like elite enough to be the title of your own film like that's mm-hmm. that's pretty good right yeah, I think that's yeah, that, we've we've pretty much said everything like, we can say about Goldfinger. He's just just Sigma quote generator. In, in, man. Yeah, an amazing, amazing villain. Really set the standard. One of the best movie villains of the, all time, probably. Film, yeah. Like the thing is about him is like he's he's so that's why this is my little head like theory about like like why he this is the only film like of of um Sean Connery's um uh, ten years. Yeah, that doesn't. That's spectre. not not spec not spectre. It's Chairs and tires on his fingers. shoulders. Yeah, yeah. He's so sigma. Like he can. He doesn't need to be part. He of spectre. Uh, spectre. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't need to be part of spectre to live out his own yeah. like ambitions. Live out stuff. his dreams. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah, so well, the there's, next... there's no debate there. So he is at the top. Yep. The next category is henchman. Number one, Red Grant. We've got to put odd job up against him. Now. For me, Odd Job has to go first. Yeah, I'd probably agree. But that is really? no slight on Red Grant. He, they'll end up, you know, probably top five by the end, I think. Yeah. So, because I, I personally like Red Grant more because he's like, wow, he, yeah, I don't you, see you why. You mean that he's more of a character, I guess, because he speaks. You'd put, odd, you'd put he, Red Grant above Odd Job. Yeah, well, I like Odd Job. Like he's great and loyalty. He like outclasses Red Grant by a million. But um, thing is with um with Red Grant is like he basically is just single handedly like the entire threat of from Russia love towards Bond. Whereas like Odd Job's great and he's like perfect in his role, but um he's just like he's just one of the kind of parts of it. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because a henchman shouldn't be the whole threat of a film towards Bond, but Red Grant plays it so well that he's like, he is basically the threat in From Much With Love towards yeah. Bond. That's, that's a good sounds. argument. That's, 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 good quite, argument. that's actually, you know, that's maybe reconsider actually. No, 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 I'm not reconsidering. I think, I mean, it's, yeah, it's an easy person. decision for me to put Oddjob above Red Grant, but they're both like exceptional. Yeah. This is the thing though as well though, because again, Oddjob is probably where well, he's definitely better known than red grant but the fact that even if you have red grant on his own he is a lot more resourceful like oh, he doesn't have to be told what to do he, he fooled james bond to thinking he's a literal like you know agent until yep. he makes a mistake of ordering the wrong wine but you know he thinks on his feet man <laughs> he's he really like carries the team for like lots of that film more or less um so if 
I don't. I mean, if we're strictly huh? speaking as a henchman, you know. As a head, but that really comes down to personal choice. What you, if if you think it's a good thing that a that a henchman like is like more than a henchman or not? Like, mm. what do you think? It, because I think you, it's because of the fact when you say like Bond the henchman, you think odd job. I think and he, he, right he is literally like, you know, not the T. There is yeah. no there is no question of his loyalty goes down to the last thing. I would still have to put put him above Red Grant, but Red Grant is still, you know, he's going to be near the top anyway, regardless. It's like there's, a good these way to look at these henchmen. rankings for henchmen, at least, is who would you rather was your henchman? Who would you rather have on your side? And you would go with Oddjob. No, I'd I, would, say, I, I think Oddjob might Red be a bit Grant, more difficult honestly. to work with. No, Red Grant could be bought off, man. You know you've got Oddjob for, like... Yeah, for, if I wasn't... Could you imagine what... Imagine if Goldfinger had Red Grant, who couldn't be bought off, basically. The thing yeah, is, that's the thing. Red Grant can be bought. He's a mercenary. Yeah, but yeah, Oddjob, sorry, Goldfinger's literally like minted, man. He could pay him a million a year if he wanted. That's, but that's due to like, um, that's due to Spectre being presumably like miserly with the salaries and stuff. Not really due to Red Grant himself. That's how I always interpreted it. But like, the thing is with Red Grant, if I was like a, a villain, whatever, I'd like have him because he's more of like multi-tool or whatever who can like. He can he can do the lots of stuff basically rather than, and of uh, no not to slight odd job but he can't speak so like uh, relaying instructions. Oh, no, just Red Grant for most of the films. Before. Yeah, but he can and he has to blag his way on the train. So yeah, this is the thing that I mean. This oh, is the so, thing that's so happened what, multiple when it comes times. To or odd jobs better to you because T he can't clap, you know. It's just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking is well, more important than clapping. Well, this is the thing. It's like with Doctor No and Rosa Clare, they're both extremely close, like in terms of villains. Um, I'll this... yield to like Oddjob, but yeah, I, I think they're, well, they're both the, very. The thing very with Oddjob is he's just more, he's just more famous. He's better known as well. I think that you know Red Grant is like not 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 because of any lacking of his part. It's just Oddjob's part, just a great part of a great film. Whereas Red Grant is more like the the highlight of a more of an average film you know that's what i think also doesn't help from i wouldn't say i wouldn't me. say it's i oh, wouldn't yeah. say it's average but it's just more like highly developed in a niche kind of way yeah, you might that's find yeah I'm you might find a blonde man coming into your room and not <laughs> kill you you know yeah. <laughs> yeah he's in the mirror every day yeah um anyway so the vehicle uh obviously aston martin db5 is our first entry so that goes in at number yeah. one Minus the two kind of like forget ones in the previous yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not counting yeah not counting that random blue car with that, with <laughs> for that back projection, it gets struck off the list. Yep. Um, M still Bernard Lee. Nothing really to add there. Uh, Q Desmond Llewellyn just reinforced his status as number one. Uh, Money Penny number one as well in her category. Lois Maxwell. The Ally slash Felix Leiser. We have number one Quarrel and Leiser from Doctor No. Number two Karen Bay. Where are we putting Felix Leiser and Goldfinger? Um, maybe I put him second. Really? Yeah, because he's like, I don't know, he's like fooled constantly throughout this. Really, like they only really, you, yeah. I mean, unless it's like you know, it, the only points you can take from this is if you're like making fun of Americans, which I do. But um, <laughs> no offense to my American listeners, but you know, it's a British pastime, you know, um, as well as the French. But as well, like. <laughs> I don't know, really. Like, like when, I, like of all of these guys, I want to have as my ally. Quarrel's like probably the most useful of them all, and he's like, you know, 
as well as you know the other Phoenix Lights agents there. But what about Karen Bay? You wouldn't put him. You'd put him above Karen Bay. Could put him below if you want. I don't really care too much for this Phoenix Lighter. What would you do, Tom? I'd put him third because really an ally is supposed to be useful and Felix is just a bar of jokes. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. He's useless, man. He, he's just, yeah, taking lunch break at KFC. Doesn't think, oh, the, the Bond's here. He's sent, a, he sent uh, the, uh, the uh, tracker all this way. It stopped working. And it's this, this guy who doesn't speak, who looks mysteriously like someone who, you know, is like a hired muscle, you know. Hmm. It looks like nothing's you know, nothing dodgy's going on here. I'm just gonna go he's, back, you know, like my family bucket again. He's not even the one who like defuses the bomb. It's just like some faceless yeah, specialist. And that's that's it. Like I, I think yeah. he goes third for me. I think he does go third. And it's not really he's not bad, but um I think the other two are quite strong, so um you know. Uh okay, the the gadgets. So right now we have number one, the attache case, and number two, the Wolf of PPK. So this Bond's is the thing that I hate to say. Basically, the Aston Martin. The Maybe, thing is, that I really hate. You can't really call the Aston Martin a gadget. No, you can't. a vehicle. Maybe you can, we can put the Homer in here. Yeah, the Homer, the Homer device, because that that is pretty like crazy for the time. If you can, was it? Imagine. Should we put well, it? Well, I mean, like what, what? second then. The fact what that it's with radar and everything, like for that for that distance in that size, you know, like what what about um odd jobs bowler hat or the late Oh uh, yeah, because Bond does use it as well. Okay, yeah. now you're talking. That's a good suggestion. Well then I think either way it would go second then. Well, are we going with the laser, the the hat or no, the, the hat. Uh, it's gotta be the hat. Gadget. Really? Oh, yeah, I guess it is a gadget. The, the laser is responsible for like one of the most iconic scenes of all yeah, time. Yeah, but Bond doesn't use a laser. Yeah, exactly. Does it have to be used by Bond though? It can. Can it? Yes. Be it should be. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Ga- go go gadget. You know, not bowler. So hat, where does but... Odd Jobs hat that go then? I think second then, right below the attache case, above the Wolf PPK. Yeah, probably. Tashi case yeah. just so good. It got to meet mention in two films. Oh yeah, it's so cool. Actually, in three, if you count on the Majesty Secret Service. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's that. Yeah, I never put James. That you're a bit together. of a rookie if you don't remember this, but anyway. Oh shit! No, I don't. Okay, well, we'll we'll get there soon anyway. Okay, theme song number one, the James Bond theme. Number two, from Russia with Love. Where we're putting Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey. This is contender for number one, really. But. I just want to shout out uh, the. Uh, I need. I did you did you, you watch that Alan Partridge episode yet? Not yet. Not yet. Ah, there's a bit where he, he like sings the Goldfinger theme to himself. So I've got to shout that out for all my Partridge friends out there. Yeah, you can even link it in the video if you really want. <laughs> um. Oh, I don't know. I think it has to go second, but oh, it is good. Yeah, I might have to agree with that because it's the mm. Bond theme is just better, I think. Gold theme, oh, it is the way she delivers it, like only gold, you know, like at the end. But no, but it, at the I, end, it gets a bit like repetitive, and he just says, "Yeah, he loves gold a lot." And it's true. Just, yeah, I'm not yeah, It's a fan of gold. It's a strong yeah. second. But I, the, my favorite <laughs> bit is the thing that I referenced already: the fact they say he has got the Midas touch, you know. Mm. Which is, you know, that actually is. lived out in this film. Um, you're literally a, a real life Midas, more or less. 
Okay, so we have number one, the James Bond theme, number two, Goldfinger, number three from Russia with Love. We're all in agreement there, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, wait, can you say that again? Number one, the James Bond theme, number two, Goldfinger, number three from Russia with Love for the themes. Okay. Um, then we have the opening. So our current opening is only from Russia with Love at number one. So the opening from this... So Go the opening from, from Russia with Love, just to jog the memory, is uh, Grant taking down the fake Bond in training, yeah. which is good, but I think this one's it's good. But good. it also started a really annoying trend of, oh, Bond's dead in the intro. Yeah. yeah. It's not, yeah. It's, so it's not for Russia with Love's fault. It's just and, and this one's amazing. The music and just the, the sweatsuit and everything has yeah. to go number one, right? The From Russia with Love one is good, but for different reasons. Yeah. Because it's just a set of red Grant, you know. But yeah. anyway. Okay, so number one, Goldfinger, number two from Russia with Love. Now we have the uh, mini classic category, the Sigma moment. Number one, we have uh, Red... Well, actually, so far we've just had Sigma males themselves already. Number one, we have Red Grant, and number two, Dr. No. I think, with their uh, respective quotes, may we say. What were their respective quotes? Remind well, me. Well, Red Grant, I mean, he had quite a few, but it's the fact that the first one will kill you, not even oh, the yeah. second. No, no, not the second, not even the third. And Dr. No is just my foot. One million dollars, Mr. Bond. Oh, yeah. Okay. How can oh, no, I think it was the one where he was like, on which side of the glass you are, wasn't it? No, no, yeah. no. That was just, that was just an addition. But I said, I, I nominated one million dollars because it's just a, it's literally an instant flex first thing you say. And uh, we have Goldfinger, obviously, is the Sigma male here. And I think his most Sigma quote has to be, uh, <laughs> I, own, I own the, the club. club. That's yeah. like, that's literally like Bruce literally, Wayne. I, I bought, bought the, the bank, bank, isn't it? Yeah, literally. Right up there. I think that has to go number one, maybe, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe Zach is a golfing thing. Um, took a leaf out of that book. Anyway. Go on, Tom. Yeah. I said that would have inspired the Bruce Wayne moment. Possibly, think, yeah, like, possibly. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, to be fair, Bruce Wayne, it, like, just being a, you know, it, yeah. it just maybe it was just this thing that spawned in, in uh, independently. Anyway. Okay, so Goldfinger, I own the club. <laughs> at number one and i would be actually i'm not going to say that but i think this that will end up being very high by the end no i think i think number one we've had some strong sigmas though so far in this franchise haven't we yeah yeah got some very strong ones uh coming up as well okay and then um breaking <laughs> the films themselves at the moment we have number one dot to know number two from russia with love very close goldfinger number one oh. right has to be. Is this, yeah, this isn't really a debate again. Yeah. Per, Unlike per, last time, of which I'm still salty. Person, yeah. Uh, it is going number one, but uh, my my personal uh, preferences would lean elsewhere. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna elaborate any further. You you you, <laughs> you tell me you'd rather watch Doctor No. Um, I don't know. I I different things to it appeal. To different things in it appeal to me personally more, but I know that doesn't hold any water for it's like the, the wide life. audience. Get him. No, no, like um, I I just like I just like the detective stuff more in it, and obviously I like the location more, and I like it's more down to earth for me. But I, I, that's just my opinion. I know I know the quality and everything in this film is like higher, so well, uh, it's gonna be. This- like, I respect everyone's opinion, even if they're wrong. <laughs> I think, yeah, Goldfinger being number one here, and 
I don't know. We've all obviously done our own private predictions, so we'll see where we have at the end. But I, I, I would be surprised if any of us didn't have Goldfinger in their top five, probably even top three. For my, yeah. Well, we've already, yeah. So well, we'll I, go, I, I we'll think, go on to. Uh... I think it will end up for the. I'll, I'll let you in on my prediction a little bit. I, it's in my top three for our prediction. It's in my top two actually. So I think, or well, certainly top three. Actually, I need to check them again. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I did. Three. I did my predict. I did my prediction based off how I thought the films would end up That's kind of between the, point, the three yeah. of us. Not like my mm-hmm. my own personal one. So like my own personal one would look probably very different from how really? you're going to put stuff. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually very different. Think the original but... Casino Royale's the best. Hmm. <laughs> the Rock is number one. <laughs> So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That was Goldfinger. It's been a bit of a long episode, but um, it's a film certainly worthy of that. So, um, you know, final words from you guys? Tom? Uh, Goldfinger loves only gold, and so does the wider audience, it seems. So, this film... And it's certainly not the last Bond film that has gold in its title. So exactly. Well, if I have to, uh, if I have to say one last thing, was if anything by the uh, the adjustment for inflation stats say about these uh, about the box office and budget and so on and so forth, invest in some gold, ladies and gentlemen. Not financial advice. Thanks for watching. We'll be back next week with uh, with Thunderball, of course. So uh, riding off the coattails of this film. So. Until then, um, you know, obviously do your thing, like leave us some nice comments and reviews and stuff and uh, spread the word, of course, because we're going to be here for a long time reviewing these Bond films. So if you know another Bond fan, get them involved and uh, we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.